Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. Hey, uh, we've got our second Boy, stream what, what's tonight. What's it been like? Wasn't that like last week? About fifty-five minutes. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's About fifty-five right. minutes, and hey, we're back. And uh, this is another episode of the Strange Road. Uh, I'm your host, Mikey. As always, Bub riding shotgun. Hello again. And we have the Wizard Stoner on in Master Control, brewing that potion, making everything look awesome. And Sir Bro of Diz yes. is back with us once again, making everything sound great and like crisp. How are you doing tonight, Bub? First things first. I'm good. You're I'm good. Great. You ready to roll? Caffeinated. Ready to roll ready for to this rock. one? Yes. All right. Awesome. Well, I'm not going to waste any time. Hop in. We've got an awesome guest. Get at it. Jessica Jones, the cryptid huntress. Okay. Uh, we've been following along everything she's been doing, and she just crushes it. Absolutely. Amazing content. Great guest. Backed up by amazing field research. Yep. Um, remote viewing, um, you know, hunting cryptids. Uh, getting after it. Not much that she hasn't yeah. investigated, in, in as far as what I can tell. And so I want everybody to welcome uh, Jessica. How are you? Well, hey, guys. What's I am up? doing excellent tonight. Awesome. How are y'all? Wonderful, good. wonderful. Really good. We've been looking forward to this. Um, you've been popping in our chats. We've been popping in your chats. We've seen you in other people's streams, hanging out and, and throwing in knowledge and yeah. letting all kind you know, us about all kinds of different things that we never heard about. Yep. And uh, so we've been looking forward to this and uh, just, you know, tell everybody how you got into this, a little bit about your background and how you ended up um, being the cryptid huntress. Yeah, I'm <laughs> okay. interested. Yeah, well, it's a it's an interesting story. And so by this, I assume you mean like Bigfooting, right? <laughs> because I'm into so much stuff right now. But Yeah, uh, it's hard to yeah. put a, uh, <laughs> yeah. a label exactly of what you do. It feels like right. you're, if it's paranormal investigations, no matter what it is, you're yes. on the ground. Absolutely. I'll give you uh, kind of an overview of how I got into it. Okay. So when I was, uh, when I was a little kid, I was always attuned to the paranormal and, uh, and I had, uh, experiences with ghosts and things like that. Uh, I had an affinity of looking at the sky at night as a kid and looking for UFOs when I was a, a small child. Yep. And, uh, and so I had this connection to the stars from the very beginning. Uh, I used to take my nap mat out to the front yard. I lived on a farm mm-hmm. out in the middle of nowhere here in Georgia. And so I would uh, go out there and look for UFOs. I do all my projects on like black holes and weird stuff that, you know, second graders aren't really usually into, you know? Uh, and so, yeah, I, I, I was a little different growing up, uh, but I came from a family who was very open-minded with the paranormal. Uh, my, my mom, my grandmother, my great grandmother, all, a lot of the women in the family were very kind of psychic. You couldn't get anything past those women. Okay. Okay. So, um, yeah, even, you know, I used to, I couldn't sneak out of the house very easily because my mom knew, you know, she just right. like it. Had that spidey that sense. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> she had it. Yeah. It's, it's tough. Mom knows. But, uh, she knew. I don't think my mom um, had that. No. Oh, mine, mine totally did. Mine totally did. Uh, and so, yeah, I, um, but I, I was just really into the, I was really into like ghosts and, um, sure. and Bigfoot and just whatever paranormal stuff. There that was out there. And uh, fast forward to, uh, I guess it was about 2011 or so. Uh, my mother was attending these meetings and where she was having um, 
they're, they're going to like a weekly meetup at a friend's house where they would bring in speakers uh, that would talk about anything from cryptids to survivalist skills to gold and silver to magicians, Ooh. you know, to psychics awesome. or whatever. It was like a, a free for all kind of variety show meeting kind of thing. Wow. And uh, yeah, and out in Marriott, Marietta, Georgia, at Mr. Sam's house. And, uh, and it was a lot of fun. And she invited me one, one Wednesday night. She said, you know, Jessica, there's a group of men that are going to be there that are Bigfoot field researchers. Hmm. And I think you would enjoy that. That's so awesome. um, sign me up. Yeah. I was about to say, yeah. Yeah. I would be <laughs> jumping at that opportunity, I think. Wow. That's amazing. Totally. That is amazing yeah. that, you know, you somehow like created that energy or and that pathway for you just popped up in, in terms of this, these little talks. I mean, this is like pre, mm-hmm. before the internet, people... That was forms yeah. of entertainment, but newsletters saying, you, and gatherings. <laughs> yeah. When you start telling people you have an interest or a hobby, you put that network out there. It starts feeding back to you. Right. Because they're like, oh, I know somebody that would love this. Because, you got tapped in really early to yeah, the community. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I mean, this was – we actually had internet. It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but anyway. Sorry. <laughs> I'm thinking this is one. Like, it wasn't like the 19. You did say 2011. <laughs> you did say 2011. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we Thank did. Thank you for that correction. But, uh, <laughs> but, but you're right. But you're right. God, that's but funny. Right. Sorry. That was too. But good. you're right. I know. I know. I look old, but I'm. It no, 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 no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh so, my um, goodness. <laughs> so yeah. So I. Okay. So I ended up going to this meeting, and uh, and these these gentlemen were there. They were from North Georgia, and they were with a group called Enigma Research Group. Oh, and cool. there were there were like four of these men, and uh, and they had they were like tracking specialists. They were a lot. Most of them were uh, former military. Uh, Tracking experts, let's just say, and they had been out there yeah. studying Bigfoot for many years. Okay. And uh, had all the evidence, like, you know, uh, foot castings, like track castings. Right. Uh, they had pictures of sign, like Bigfoot sign and tree bends and tree twists and all that kind of typical wow. Bigfoot stuff. And uh, and so the, and they they knew the areas that they were researching like the back of their hands. Right. And, uh, and I had a lot of questions for these guys, you know, uh, like, well, why have y'all not found a body? <laughs> you know, where's the Bigfoot poop? <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Right. So, yeah. It's so funny they, you say they, that. There's a documentary yeah. with a guy who is obsessed with Bigfoot and that's the evidence that he finds in it is scat. Cause it has a yeah. like tracker. He put it in an apple. And he takes it in, he has it tested, and they can't, like, identify it. So it, saying, like, what first proof of Bigfoot outside of a cast or a print, I can't remember the name of the documentary, but you saying that just, like, triggered in my head. So I think that was his, like, hey, that's how I found Bigfoot. Um, Amazing. But right. to Good put, for him. Good for him. I'm not into digging through poop, but that's cool. Same. I mean, not my. however it works. Yeah, I'm good without doing that. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, it's part of like even if you're if you're a hunter, you know, it's good to know the different types of poop. There, I know this is a weird. This is going off on a weird. <laughs> no, weird, but that's uh, a hunting skill here. and knowing what it prey is. You got to know the, the local poop. Yeah, yeah, especially like deer. Like if there's bucks or does. Uh, I, I taught my son that last time uh, I took him out into the field. I mean, I t- I've only taken him once actually right. to one of our our main research areas. But um, yeah, so and he was like, "Mom, I didn't come out here to learn about poop. I came out here to find Bigfoot." <laughs> 
he got mad. Oh my um, God. But it's just, but it's, it's a part of it. You know, when you're, when you're learning all of the, um, the skills to track Bigfoot or, or any kind of cryptid dog, man, whatever's out there. Right. Yeah. Know the signs. You got to know your environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. Um, but yeah, so I was super interested in what these guys were presenting and, uh, and I, I absolutely asked a lot of questions after the, they had given their presentation and they said, um, they saw that I was interested and they were like, well, would you be interested in, in joining us on an expedition? Wow. And I was like, well, yeah, sure. Cool. Um, but I, I, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to go out in the woods with strange men. I've never met. Right. Okay. Whatever. Okay. So I went and I bought some like hiking boots and a tent and, uh, they gave me a list of all the gear I was going to need. And I, I just, I was like, all right, let's do this. Nice. Um, and about, awesome. yeah. In about a month or two, I think it was like a month or two later, I was on uh, a straight up Bigfoot expedition in the North wow. Georgia mountains. Yeah. Awesome. And let me tell you that it changed my life. It really did. It. You just um, got hooked. Well, I'm here with you guys right now talking yeah. about it. Let I mean, me. Right? That's so cool. In that area, outside of looking for Bigfoot, is there you know dangerous animals, poisonous snakes? Yep. Is there any? Yes. What? What? So, what oh, kind yeah. of concerns were you were looking for Sasquatch or Bigfoot? What were the concerns outside of that? You know, uh, just being with a bunch of strangers that I didn't yeah. know that was kind of weird, but I mean, I'm a very outgoing person yeah. and so, and there's, I don't meet a lot of strangers. Okay. okay? And, uh, and, and so, um, I, you know, that that's where your gut instinct kicks in and sometimes 100%. you just have to go with your gut. Yep. And if I had felt uncomfortable, I would not have gone. That's a good barometer, uh, you know, trusting mm-hmm. that natural instinct, your body and your, your senses are taking in so much information that a lot of times we're not even yep. aware of the decisions and why we make them in those moments, but, you know, pay attention yep. to yourself and, and kind of that internal barometer. That's cool. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I went with my gut and, uh, and I, and somebody told me just to go, uh, it absolutely set me on the path to where I am right now in That's this so very cool. moment. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I went, I, I ended up going and apparently, so what they had done that weekend, it was a, a weekend trip, you know, it was actually a week for half of them that went, they stayed the whole week. I stayed for about three nights, I think. Um, okay. but they had, <laughs> Uh, they had invited several other people to come, like uh, friends of theirs and stuff. And they, what they were doing is they were trying to build their team. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were four base team members, uh, four, four of the guys. And then they were just kind of putting it out there, putting the feelers out. Well, you know, do we want to expand our team or do we not? And uh, <clears throat> a lot of those people that were on that expedition, I mean, they're well-known people in the Bigfooting community. Um, they are, you know, they throw Bigfoot conferences and, and, you know, they're just, they have great teams of their own. And, uh, and so I, I got, I met a lot of really interesting people that weekend, but I went there with the intention of seeing a Bigfoot. Okay. And I was like, well, if these things are real, I'm going to, I'm going to experience it. And if nothing happens, I'm going to have a good camping trip. (laughs) Okay. Uh, it makes new friends. And, uh, and so I went in with a, an attitude like that. I'm a country girl and I, I grew up, you know, I, I shoot guns and, and know how to, I mean, I grew up on a farm and so I'm not scared of wildlife. I, I'm very aware of my surroundings, but I'm not scared of it. Okay. So, um, sure. yeah, I, I was, I, I'm only scared of people. <laughs> right. like, Fair people, enough. people hey, are unpredictable. Hey, the, yeah. Know. The most dangerous animal yeah. on the planet. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So, um, but we, we got out there and I, I a hundred percent, I'll admit I volunteered to be bait. (laughs) 
think I'm falling. I was like, I'm going to get the full experience. Yes. I came out here. I came out here. I'm going to get a full, the full everything, you know, like cool. I just, I'm going to put myself out there to get results. Okay. Uh, and then at the end of the weekend, I'll go home and I'll, I'll, you know, if I don't sleep all weekend, it's fine. Cause I'm going to go home and I'll sleep when I get home. You there know, you go. uh, it was that kind of a thing. And, uh, and I think that that did yield some results actually. Nice. Wow. Uh, and so, yeah. Uh, <sighs> where do I begin? Okay. I, yeah. So, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was a great weekend. I, I, yeah. So I, I got out there. Um, I met everybody and, uh, and, and at night they, what they were doing was they were um, as a, they were sitting down as a team and deciding like, well, let's divide up into smaller teams and go okay. out. You know, they have a very strict protocol. Like nobody goes out by their, themselves. It's a great one. Uh, Number we one. We all, uh, yes. Uh, at least one person is, well equipped to protect whoever you're with, you know, like we're all, we're, we're all, we all protect ourselves out there. If you know what I mean. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and, uh, and so it's all about safety. Um, but it's all, it's also, um, we're, we're kind of pairing up with like, you know, the newbies with like the people who knew what they were doing, smart. you know? Yeah. You're, exactly. think, you're, and, um, you're doing things that are very, very smart. Yes. But it, cause it is very dangerous out there. Uh, yeah. there are mountain lions, uh, bears, yeah. uh, snakes, um, this was in November. So, um, I think it might've been deer season I th- or actually deer season. had just ended or something. I don't remember. I, we try not to go out there when it's hunting season at right, these okay. places that we go. Sure. But, um, but anyways, we, uh, we divided up into some teams and I was like, well, put me with the high risk team. Okay. <laughs> you know? That's great. I didn't say that, but I was like, just put me with the people that are going to be getting, doing some weird stuff. Yeah. I want to go yeah. do weird Front stuff. Front line. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Black ops team. That's me. Okay. Um, so, (laughs) yeah. So, but we got out there and, um, and we went to a place, there's a a place that it did not have a name until we got out there and now we call it the UFO field. Okay. All right. And, uh, and let me tell you, this is a, we're out there doing Bigfoot field research. That's what I thought I was getting Mm. myself into. Curveball. Oh boy. I thought, uh, but, but let me tell you from the very first night, um, I not only had something that was potentially a cloaked Bigfoot that ran up behind me and knocked my legs out from underneath me. Um, I had, we had UFOs flying over our heads. We had uh, a Bigfoot peeking around a tree right in front of me that I couldn't see, but the guy saw it through their fleers. Um, Just, it was, it was out of control. (laughs) Like it was just like, this is the first night I was out there. Yes. Yeah. We need to go. And this is the mountains in Georgia. Yeah. I want to go. It's the North Georgia mountains. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of undisclosed location. I mean, there's, there's several places that are the North Georgia mountains have more Bigfoot activity than any other place I've ever uh, researched. Wow. Yeah. I know the next spot. Yeah. I'm going to go camp in Georgia somewhere now. I mean, that's a gorgeous area. That would be great. Let's do it. Beautiful. Y'all holler at me. I'll take you. I'm not going to announce it on on live air. No, no, absolutely. (laughs) No, we'll go. We'll go Bigfoot hunting. Please don't. Y'all, y'all, yes. That would be so much fun, though. Right. And I would be like you. I would not sleep. That reminds me of going to Costa Rica. (laughs) I was up to like six in the morning with a headlamp and two flashlights because there was (laughs) so so many many animals and spiders and lizards and sloths and. Yeah. But yeah, I I can't imagine, you know, being out in that area. So okay, first night, 
And you call it UFO field, the UFO field? We call it, it's called UFO field now. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the first night, uh, so I, I, like I said, I, I volunteered to be bait, which is, uh, <laughs> it's almost like a right, like an, an initiation, right? Sure. When you first start Bigfooting, you know, yeah. and it's Bob a joke. So it's a total bad. joke. Yeah, we we joke around about it, <laughs> but, um, you know, I was uh, with the guys that I was out there with that we had broken off into a team. I was the only female out there with them. And uh, and they were like, well, they they like women, you know, and uh, and one of the guys was joking around, like, actually, like he was making me an offering to the to the Bigfoots and was like, wow. Ellen, we've got you a pretty young lady out here. Like, you know? like in King Kong. Oh my God! Yes, tiny. Were so they literally like, like, just put your hand up here under this post and then start laying fruits around? You're like, what the hell's happening? <laughs> oh my God! Oh my gosh! It was it was kind of <laughs> like that actually is what I felt. But it was, it was everybody's I really bet. funny. Like we yeah. we have a really good time. Oh, okay? absolutely. And uh, and so the my my goal was to walk up this open field. Okay, and we're in the mountains. It's very dense forest, uh, but there's this open field and it's about a hundred yards from like the bottom of the hill, like where the little road is to the top of the tree line. Okay. Okay. And so my, my goal was to walk all the way up to that tree line. And, uh, and the guys were going to sit at the bottom of the hill and watch me with their thermal imaging cameras and their FLIRs. Okay. Okay. So I felt, I felt relatively safe. Okay. Cause I knew if something ran out at me, I mean, if they needed to, they could shoot it or something. I don't know. You know, I was in, um, and I knew they would at least see what happened to me if something grabbed me. Fair right. Enough. Right. Right. Uh, Proof so they could like, yeah. at least tell my mom. Yeah. I know it sounds terrible, <laughs> but it's just, it is what it is. Wow. At least tell um, my mom. I love that. Right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I I I was like, all right. I put on my big girl panties and I took a deep breath. Oh my and, goodness! Uh, I grabbed my backpack and I was like, all right, I'm just gonna walk up that hill. Cool, you know. Um, and uh, and I and I did. And I, I walked up and it, it was I was it was a little nerve wracking, you know. Um, but knowing that they were watching me, it gave me some um, it, it gave me some comfort. Yeah, sure. And I got about halfway up this hill, and uh, and I heard one of the guys running full throttle at me, like running, like I could feel the energy, you know, I'm, I'm very intuitive and Mm -hmm. very aware of energy shifts and things like that always have been. And, uh, and I heard one of those guys, what I thought was one of them running up behind me. And I, in my mind, my rational brain, I'm thinking, wow, that's not very professional. (laughs) They're going to come up here and try to scare me. Right. And, um, yeah. And, and as they got close, it sounded like a, like a, you know, I played rugby in college, so I know what it okay. sounds like to have somebody running at you, right? right? Like about to tackle me or something from behind. And, uh, as soon as it, whatever it was got up next to me or behind me, my, it, it's, um, it like swept my legs out from underneath me, mm. basically from behind. Whoa. And so I, I still was thinking it was a guy, uh, but I, it's almost like I braced myself for impact and, well, and you then felt it, it coming. Swiped, it swiped the back of my legs and then it kept going. Did you fall? And there was, did you fall backwards then? I know I, I was, I was kickboxing at the time. Okay. And I was very limber and, uh, and mm. agile. And so I, it just kind of knocked me off balance and I, and I kind of jumped in the air. Okay. Um, okay. And the first thing I did was check to make sure there was no logs or like sticks that mm-hmm. were sticking out that I could have tripped over. Right. Sure. Cause I was confused, you know, in the moment I was very confused but whatever it was ran past me, but there was nothing there. There was nobody there. Uh, so I thought, well, dang, that's weird. You know, what the heck was that? I would say that, yeah, I would set off the uh, 
alert meter a little Concern bit. Concern meter. Yeah. Yeah. I, might, I might I might get start to put off a real heat signature. Like Justin's very <laughs> agitated. Like just Bigfoot yeah. Ninja. Well, That's right, Burton. Yeah. That's a Bigfoot yeah. Ninja. Well, it was it was a ninja. One of those yeah. cloakers. You know, you don't see them well, coming. She's a big. I don't ninja. know what it was. Right. <laughs> ninja. Oh, my gosh. Well, OK, so here's the thing. The distress call. They, they did give me a distress call and it was to throw my arms up in the air if something happened. OK, okay. well, I, you know, when that happened, I kind of like lost my balance a little bit. But I didn't throw my arms up in the air, but they did kind of go up in the air a little bit. OK, as I was trying to gain my balance. Sure. Okay. So, but what I did was I just kept walking. I, I, I composed myself and then I was like, all right, that tree line's right there. I'm just going to go. I was like, I, I had to have, maybe, maybe I tripped over a log or something. And even though I knew I hadn't, I was like, right, right. I'm just going to keep going. And, um, and by the time I got all the way up to where that tree line was, somebody did walk up behind me and it was one of the guys and he was like, Hey, is everything all right? And I was like, yeah, I, I remember turning around and saying, Hey, are you a human? Oh my like, wow. As they're coming uh, up through the bush. As he was coming up behind me, yeah. uh, behind me on the, on the field. Wow. Uh, and he was like, yeah. And um, it was, he, I asked him, you know, I told him, he was like, well, we saw you like jump in the air. Like what happened? And I was like, well, did y'all not see what hit me? And he was like, well, no, we, nothing showed up on their thermals or fleers or anything, but I very clearly heard it and I felt it. Yeah. And it, it took off. So um, can I say for sure that was a cloak Bigfoot? No. Right. Do I know what it was? No, I have no idea. Uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't a human. It didn't show up in any kind of camera or mm-hmm. anything. So um, it was just, it was just weird. Did um, it like hit you hard so, enough to like get a bruise, leave a imprint no, of impact? It, it did not. It just swept, it swept my legs out from underneath me is what it did. It hit the back of my legs and it swept, it swept like a, you know, like I said, I was kickboxing at the time. The so it was kind of like I got, and I, and I had a sister, a little sister and little brother growing up. I know how to, you know, we knocked each other down a lot. Yeah. So right. Right. Yeah. It was like one of those things. Yeah. It was playful. It was not malicious. Oh, okay. I didn't know if it was like a warning, like get out of here. Like, I'm just going to lightly no. like tap you. Like yeah. I'm not going to fall on like deck you. And what's well, like when you play barnyard basketball and our friends, yeah. Hey Mile, barnyard when basketball. we were kids and would deck each other. That's and, a tough and, surface yeah. to play and basketball be, on. You you Let get launched, say. but if they're coming from behind you, you hear those footsteps. You feel that. You know when you're about to get decked. Yeah. We play sports. I mean, you know when you're mm-hmm. about to get hit. Like Sometimes you, unless it's a blindside. You know, side. you played rug, rugby. If yeah. you're blindsided, yeah. though, you're, you can hear those footsteps. Oh, sure. You know, the safety comes over. Mm-hmm. A wide receiver comes over the middle. That safety's going to hit somebody. That's right. You know you're going to get hit. And yeah. that kind of reminds me of this is – like you said, you've you've heard it or f- and felt it almost coming at you, but mm-hmm. for it not to show up on out. anything, yeah, it's yeah. wild. Yeah, it was weird. And uh, and as I'm standing there at this tree line, I'm looking into the tree line with Craig, one of the guys uh, from Enigma Research Group. Okay, okay. Uh, a dear friend of mine. He comes on my show sometimes now. Uh, all 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 the guys do, uh, but but we were standing at this tree line and. Uh, the guys down at the bottom of the hill were watching us and they said that a Bigfoot looked like I, for something called me over to the corner of this tree line and I walked right over to it. And right as I walked over and I was just standing there, I couldn't see anything with my naked eyes. You know, it was just pitch dark out there. And uh, he said that a Bigfoot peeked out from behind a tree and stared at me for a minute. 
and uh, and then put its head back. So uh, it was it was it was an interesting night. So um, so we we decided, you know, there was a that that was just very interesting, a lot of fun. Uh, Let's go back the next night. You know, let's go back. Um, And (laughs) well, well, we we went harder the next night. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We we had a plan. Uh, I partnered up with one of the guys on the team and uh, we decided to do like a black ops operation, you know, uh, where we went in early, like around three o'clock in the afternoon the next day. And we decided we were going to camo out, you know, like he might have had a ghillie suit on. I don't know. Something like that. And um, we were going to go out there and sit all day in the environment uh, through the night. And, uh, and just observe what we were going to do was get in that tree line where that Bigfoot had been the night yeah. before. And uh, we were going to sit there, become a tree, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Each of us. We were sitting right next, back, back to back to each other, though. And um, and the team was going to come up at around 9 o'clock that night and make a whole lot of noise and stuff. And um, and we we're going to try to attract a Bigfoot in. And, and he and I would be there for the Bigfoot to step on top of us. Okay. So it was that kind of a deal. Well, well, let me tell you what started happening throughout the night was he and I were sitting there and our equipment started malfunctioning. Hmm. Uh, my, my time, the time on mine went backwards in hours and his went forward an hour. Uh, we were getting like, it was almost like we were falling asleep and stuff. And like, we weren't even that tired. Um, we started seeing UFOs flying over our heads. And then this big gigantic white light showed up on the mountainside right beside us started moving and uh we thought it was headlights but there mm-hmm. was no way to get a car on that mountain sure and uh it was a it was a, a low flying ufo was flying all around us and stuff and um it, it got really weird it got really weird it's um, like the fountain of paranormal right it is and unexplained well, encrypted the georgia triangle it's like the toys r us of everything i want well you know it's interesting because mini skinwalker from ranch all, or something well, th- well, that's another place that we researched. We call it the Skinwalker Ranch of the South. Yeah. That's, um, that's like another location. Okay. Yeah. I, I like the sound of that, too. Well, when yeah. you, you talk about... That's so cool. Uh, like, it's almost like areas bending space-time. Yes. You know, where... Dimensions are overlapping and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Or energy is... And again... Powering that area somehow. You know, we always talk about that window that opens up. Yeah. Maybe these places are Very. always... Have this... Force twenty four hour drive through window always service paranormal. open yeah and where these you know ley lines or field um, yeah energy fields cross over in certain points and the and the geology is correct and you're in the mountains and it just creates these really supercharged spots so it's not it's not just the location though it's the people mm-hmm. okay sure uh, it depends there are certain people that go out with us that. Bring the high strangeness. I'm one of those oh, people. Wow. Oh, I bet you are. Yeah, I kind bet of amplify, <laughs> kind of like that that last ingredient in the pot, and you yes. know, set things off a little bit. It goes, it goes wild. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. The mountain's gone wild. Absolutely. <laughs> well, if we're going on a research uh, on an investigation, we're going with Jessica because I was about to say, I'm you down. know, if you're attracting all that, I want to be there. I would you hope know, my, my strange does. energy would help amplify the strange energy too. Right. Well. Yeah. There's some. You it's, know. Get your yeah. flute out well, there. Yeah. The flute. No didgeridoo, man. We took the okay. drum well. and didgeridoos and all that. Right. Yeah, they love yeah. that. The frequency mm-hmm. and the sound, the vibrations. Okay. It attracts things in. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's like. I like that sound too. 
uh, Dr. Stephen Greer and yeah. their team kind of developed. We've done that. Have the you? The CE5 stuff. Yeah, we've yeah. done it. I, I didn't think it got a whole bunch of results, but. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But we don't know. But I mean, the we, music, have, we just you, don't know it. You do the music of, you know, however you guys are. Mm-hmm. I think it's all about the person and the style. You know what I mean? I it's think just there's, creating yeah, a, a resonance. As long as it's your form of communication, I would say they're able to understand it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like but as long drumming, as you're making something that to you makes sense in that yeah. communication style, like you're feeling it, you obviously are feeling that energy of it, that that translates. Right. And that's why I think even with like, I've, I've definitely been around drum circles, not a didgeridoo circle or even somebody playing one necessarily. I've seen video and listened to them. But, uh, We've been in some big drum circles. Yeah, but even like doing like the mm-hmm. medicine wheel cards out in you know the southwest when we were up on our Jeep Wisdom tour and he broke out the flute and was you know smudging and doing all the stage. I mean, the energy that surrounds that those settings, like you're saying, like that's why I think it can be a lot of different combinations. But there might be better types to, especially when you're talking frequency and vibration, like a didgeridoo is. That'll take you. I mean, yeah, that'll open some portals. Yeah, put you in a zone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen a video on, I know it was on online somewhere, but there was a guy doing like that throat singing, you know, and like mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. like portal open or something. I mean, you got to be careful. They say there's yeah. certain instruments that you yeah. can use that do open portals sure. and things will come in and out. And uh, and it's very dangerous. I don't I don't really talk about that very much because mm-hmm. you start talking about it, people are going to start doing it and then you don't know what. Like what are people going to bring into this world? I don't know. Right. Um, yeah, right. But it could be dangerous. It's like it's like turning CERN on or something. You know. I was just going to say that. Yeah, like when you start talking about of. making portals, I'm like, <clears throat> yeah, they, they got a big one over there. It's like right. 17 miles underground. Right. Exactly. I think it spans like three yeah. countries. Right. There's more. There's more large hydrogen colliders than just CERN. Mm-hmm. 100. Oh, um, we, we have one here. We yeah we we have we have, we have some here yeah there's mm-hmm. one in Tennessee I've been told was in okay. Tennessee yeah in Kentucky it takes up a few Oak Ridge states. Labs yeah. yeah so Oak Ridge Labs where they have a lot of cryptids up there a lot of weird stuff happening I imagine had, that I had two different patients when I was in the medical field over the years that and I got them that I don't even know their names so I can't give away their identity really but two older gentlemen that worked there during Oak World Ridge War Labs? II and were oh enhancing like uranium oh, yeah. enriching uranium for the bombs and, yeah yeah like very super hush, hush. super secret yeah i was like stop talking happenings. don't tell me anymore i'm like i'm gonna end up with a needle in my neck from some russian you know spy <laughs> or somebody put me out <laughs> like don't tell me any more secrets Man. oh i want to know i totally want to know because oh. i I've, I've remote viewed places around there uh, like people getting attacked uh by allegedly Packs of wild dogs mm. and stuff, but I, I, I don't believe it. I don't believe it was packs of wild dogs, but um, yeah. Oh, so I guess we can finish with this story, and I'll get to get into how I got into remote viewing. Oh my gosh, yeah. I cool. want to talk about that. Well, I want to hear um, the rest. Yeah, the rest of your. Okay. Well, this is okay. So, so we're out in the field and we have these UFOs flying overhead. We didn't really, we knew there were UFOs. We knew there was one, at least one low flying UFO or an orb. We have a lot of orbs out in the field. Um, But this thing was, you know, I mean, I had my recording device on like an EVP recorder. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I listened to that later on, like, day days later because i was like scared to listen to it mm-hmm. okay um the head of my team came and lit to my it, he we met up and he listened to it with me because we knew there was something on there we knew something had happened while we were out in that field and uh and you can clearly hear about the time that that ufo shows up 
overhead, it sounded like bottle rockets being shot off all around us. Hmm. But we we had never heard that with our ears. Interesting. Yeah. That's really odd. Bottle rockets, like shoom, 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 all around us. Whoa. Um, so so the team comes out and they make all this racket. You know, they're playing drums, they're laughing and having fun. They make a drum circle in the middle of that field. Um, Ooh. and my partner and I were sitting there just real quiet, just waiting for Bigfoot to step on us, you know. But, and, and the team didn't know where we were located. We didn't, we didn't give our location away. Right. Um, so as they're down there making all that noise with the didgeridoo, the drums, whatever they had, um, he and I were waiting for activity to occur and the team was seeing red lights in the tree line, hmm. uh, kind of like robotic looking like red hmm. lights. Well, they just kind of assumed that it was my partner and I, well, it was about 10 feet from where we were sitting and it wasn't us. Hmm. Um, so that, that happened as well. So that was weird. Um, but yeah, there, there wasn't a whole lot of other activity other than that, but we knew that something had happened. We just couldn't, we couldn't figure out what it was. Um, you know, we ended up getting back to base camp around like 12 or one o'clock in the morning and everybody was like, wow, Jessica, you are, you are kind of out of it. Like what's going on? I, th- I felt, I thought I was fine. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe I'm just tired. And so the head of my team was like, all right. I think something happened to them. Uh, he, he ended up telling us, he was like, I, you guys need to start reading up on alien abductions. Whoa. And, um, Holy cow. yeah. Holy cow. Lost yes. time. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, the head of my team is also an amazing remote viewer. Okay. okay. He was thoroughly trained in it. Let's just say not to get into details, sure. but he, um, he's one of the best remote viewers in the world, in mm. my opinion. Okay. And, uh, and I had never even heard of remote viewing before. Hmm. Um, but you know, when you meet certain people, there's no coincidence. Uh, it's almost like, I think now, like maybe I've spent past lives with a lot of these people on my team. (laughs) We all decided to meet up and let's all go hunt for Bigfoot. You know, I don't know this lifetime life is weird. Okay. Oh, very Um, much so. Very weird. Uh, and so, yeah, so he decided he was like, hey, um, I want everybody on the team. Y'all y'all get books on mm-hmm. uh, like the threat communion, um, any kind of um, oh, yeah, any kind of we, alien abduction books. Yeah. yeah. Streamers. Yes. Yes. So um, so I started reading up on alien abductions and lo and behold, I started having E.T. showing up in my house, in my bedroom at night while I was asleep. Um, I woke up to that twice. Wow. While I was reading about it. Yeah. Wow. Um, so it was around the same time that, that my the head of my team was like, all right, to be able to look into this stuff a little more, I'm, I'll, I think it's time to train everybody on the team in remote viewing um, so that we can start learning, um, first of all, just psychic skills, mind control, not not me controlling other people's minds, but me controlling my, my mind. mind. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because when you're out there under those conditions, it's very stressful. And, uh, and it can, if you don't have your head, right, you can freak out. I mean, it can really oh, scar yeah. you for life. And and so I don't recommend, I don't always recommend that everybody goes out and goes, big no, fitting, no, no, okay? no. It's not for everybody. Yeah. It's not, it's, it can be very scary. Need discretion. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but anyways, we started learning, uh, we were spending, you know, let's just say like weekends at a time together for months and months for years, actually, uh, that was in 2011. And, uh, yeah, we've been, the whole team has been extensively trained in remote viewing at this point. And, uh, mm -hmm. and other skills, like, you know, everybody on the team has skills and we've all taught each other our skills. Yeah. Um, and, uh, 
I know how to, to cover a sucking chest wound. Wow. <laughs> like combat medical stuff. I don't even know. I, I it's, it's important to know that stuff, but it's yeah. just funny. Well, you were <laughs> saying that all ev- sorts of weird stuff. everybody, you guys have protocol and right. everyone is mm-hmm. like former military and, uh, you're not everybody, trained. but most of you're organized. Most everybody. Well, yeah. yeah. You've got a system like. Right. That's a good way to go about it. It's not just like everybody shows up with, you know, whatever weapon of choice and no real discretion and, you know, having different teams, you know, stratifying your people with more knowledge versus, you know, somebody that's just come on like that all makes sense. Not like, hey, I just want to go with Mike. I don't care about the rest of you. Like, good luck. Like making sure that you've got that system. Well, we've been this. We've been the same team for many years now. Ever right. since, you know, even before 2011, they were a team. They've been a team for a while, yeah. and uh, and so we're very we're solidified. We're like family. We all. I mean, we would lay our life down for the next one. You know, like everybody on Amazing. our team. We don't. We don't have a lot of new friends either. You know. You know sure. what I mean? Sure. <laughs> we don't take. We don't. We don't usually take other people out with us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not that team. Since since I was on that team, I'm I'm on three different teams now. You know, we go out and do different. We you know, research different areas all over the South. Yeah. So, um, but that, that's, that's my remote viewing team, Bigfoot remote viewers, you know, and uh, we have, we just have a lot of fun. So your name is not just some catchy name. Like we don't actually, Mm -hmm. our business isn't on a strange road over here. It's kind of like a (laughs) metaphorical, but you are the cryptid huntress. Like you're really getting, I mean, I didn't, I I did not give myself that name. Yeah. It's it's, even better. It is. Yeah, I did it's not give myself that well name. Can, I, can we get that yeah. story? Who gave you that name? Dave Scott gave me that name. Shout out to out Dave. Radio. Genius. Yeah. And did Genius. That, did that come about because of just what you were doing? And he <laughs> like, just was like, you know what? This is what you're doing. You're a cryptid huntress. Well, I, that's right. what I am. That's what sure. I do. You know? Sure. And uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, okay. So I did not go public with my research at all for it at least 10 years. Hmm. Okay. Wow. Uh, I worked, I worked in government myself. I was the head of a state agency hmm. for women actually. And, uh, and so I, I didn't see any reason to talk publicly about Bigfooting. Makes Imagine. a lot of sense. Know? Yeah. Makes a lot yeah. of sense. Um, and plus whenever I would talk about it, I mean, people just make fun of me anyways. Um, right. It wasn't, it wasn't popular back then as it is now. Like everybody has a Bigfoot sticker on their back of their truck now. Right. Oh, so, one of the most like recognizable it. symbols, like a, a you know, a bottle of Coca-Cola or McDonald's <laughs> or Michael Jackson, you know, yeah. like it's, yeah. everybody knows that symbol. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, um, so wrong it, there. It, yeah. And it is, very it was popular. not popular back then. Yeah. Not, it was yeah. not. Um, and so, so now, now it's cool. And now I'm the cryptid huntress, you know, back then I was not the cryptid huntress. <laughs> I was just Jessica trying to, you know, I was, just, I was going camping. I just told everybody I was going camping, you know, yeah. um, that's part of the truth. That's not a, you know, I was going camping, Yeah, but I was also out there doing kamikaze missions with my team, you know, hunting down Bigfoot. <laughs> that's great. Sitting in a ghillie suit in the middle of a field. I was that's in a ghillie suit. <laughs> that's exactly. Awesome. I was, I was just out there being bait. That's awesome. Oh man. I love it. I, it was a secret life, man. I loved it. Oh, secret life was another one of those books I was supposed to read. I did read. So secret life, that's a good one. Uh, but yeah, Noted. it was, it was wild. So, but we, we started learning re- remote viewing and things like that. And, um, it got to the point to where we were, you know, I, I love remote viewing. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I really took off with it. Like most of the team, they don't, they don't do it very much. They, mm-hmm. you know, they're, but it's a good skill to have when you're out there doing Bigfooting or any kind of cryptid research or just living your everyday life. It's great to know how to do that because it gets your mind 
right? Uh, we've had to go through, uh, we've gone through the programs like the Monroe Gateway programs. Um, we, we pretty much went through the the training of like Ingo Swan, basically, hmm. uh, kind of like what the military was trained in, right. basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, I, I just completely took off with it at some point. Now, uh, like I said, I, I didn't go public with my research for at least 10 years. Uh, the Lord works in mysterious ways, though. And uh, about, right. I guess it was 2020 or 2021, just like a year ago, I guess, about, I guess it was tw- the end of 2020, maybe. I don't even know. Uh, one of my blur. best friends, <laughs> it's all a blur. It's yeah. literally a blur. One of my best friends was volunteering at Camp Disclosure here in Georgia. It was like a big. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah, it was, it was like a big um, conference for star seeds and stuff. You oh, know? yeah. Camp Disclosure. They were the people in the park at the Dimensions of Disclosure event in 2019. We went they were to the folks that ran the California. tea house. Yeah. Okay. And they ended nice. up piggybacking from that event and yeah. created a Camp Disclosure. Okay. Which, like, David Lone Bear spoke there. Um, Clifford, I believe, spoke there. But, okay. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, well, yeah, we, they aware. had one here in Georgia, and my one of my best friends was going to volunteer, and she was coming in from North Carolina, and I was like, she was like, well, come up and see me for the weekend, and we're going to be up at this state park, and it was only a couple hours from my house. I was like, well, shoot, yeah, and I went, and um, okay, let me backtrack a little bit, because during, uh, oh, it had to been 2020, maybe 2021, during the lockdowns or whatever, right. everybody got bored and we, at some point, and some of us learned new skills. Like I learned how to read tarot cards. Cool. I, just taught, <laughs> I taught myself how to read tarot cards. Well, the head of one of my other teams, Trey, his name is Trey Hudson. Uh, he, he wrote a book. Okay. Uh, that's my team, Anomalous Studies and Observation Group. Okay. Uh, we, we, we research a place called The Meadow. And, uh, and it's at an undisclosed location. We call it the Skinwalker Ranch of the South. Uh, right. Just very much like Skinwalker Ranch. And, uh, and so he, he, took, he took a bunch of our field notes and stuff and, uh, and, um, and, and did like an a autobiography and stuff and talked about our research and everything in this book. Published it and it immediately started getting a lot of traction of like coast to coast and mm. places like that. Cool. And, uh, and so the book, the book was semi getting kind of popular a little bit, I guess, in the paranormal community. Yeah. And, um, and so I went to camp disclosure and I went on a hike with some of the volunteers that were there. I was just having fun. You know, the, I just had gotten there. We were going canoeing and hiking and everything. And uh, one of the guys that was there, uh, one of the volunteers was asking me about my, my Bigfoot research. Cause he'd heard, and my friend Amanda had told him about my research and he was like, well, what kind of, where's your research area? And I was like, well, I can't tell you, but we, you know, we mm-hmm. have this happen there and that. He goes, man, that sounds like the Skinwalker Ranch of the South. <laughs> wow. And I was like, oh, what do you know about that? And he was like, oh, I just read this book. And I was like, oh, do you know Jessica J in that book? And he was like, is that you? Wow, cool. Get out. So, yeah. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. So, so um, of course, word spread like wildfire, and uh, and the head, the woman who was throwing the thing was like Jessica. Oh my God, will you speak at our conference? <laughs> so that's cool. That's cool. how that happened. Yeah, it just was like it kind of just happened, and uh, and I, I was like, I was very nervous about speaking because my team was not well. One of my teams is not public at all about our research. You know, completely um, just sure, private. sure. 
Wow. Yeah. But, but see, Trey had written that book. And so I knew that I could talk about that team's research. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, I got the, I got the green light because he'd written that book. And, uh, and so I, I went and I actually spoke there. I started immediately getting asked to like go talk on, I met a lot of really awesome people there who had podcasts and shows out of all, all over the country. And uh, I went on my friend, Apollo, Apollo's Odyssey went on Apollo show. Dude. And uh, yeah, the, the producer came on right after the show and was like, Oh my God, would you like to have a show at KGRA digital broadcasting? That's so cool. So I got a show and then I, now I'm at space out radio. And so, but it, but it's because I, awesome. I've got all this, we've got all this research, you know, um, yeah. I've been able to bring all my team on my shows and uh, give their accounts, uh, show their evidence. Um, it, it's just been a, it's been a blessing. Uh, That's so cool. I think it, yeah. I, I think it's been a, awesome. I think it's been a beautiful thing because they, a lot of the people on my team, they wouldn't talk to other people about our research, but they'll talk to me. So that's why we're able to kind of put it out there and we're exposing a lot of the stuff that mm-hmm. we'd never talked about before. So you're acting as um, that conduit. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Just thinking that. And, and even in your former career, you weren't willing to come forward and talk about your experiences while you were in that role. And so maybe there are people that, I don't know, do you give like their names when you recount their experiences or is this, they just tell you their story enough or, you know, I guess sometimes for veracity of people like, oh, I want to know, is this a real account? Are you making it up? Not saying you are, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you vessel that information in multiple ways? People like people that can't, Hey, we don't want to be yeah. known, but you can use my story or other people like, I don't want to tell no. it, but I would, I wouldn't mind if you tell it. I don't, I don't talk about anybody else's research at all. Um, I let them, I talk about my research and then I let them come on my show and tell what they want to tell. Oh, very cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I don't, we, yeah. I, I don't mention, uh, I've, I've got at least one team. I don't talk about hardly a lot of the stuff that we've researched, the remote viewing stuff. I don't talk about. Yeah. Okay. I, I only talk about, I mean, I, I've done so many targets on my own that I talk about every, the stuff that I've done personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, gotcha. but, um, but yeah, yeah, we, we have OPSEC, you know what I'm saying? We don't, yeah. um, there's a lot of stuff we don't talk. I don't talk about. So okay. it's nobody's business. You got it. Totally. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. No, one yeah. thing. I but, know, but oh no, go yeah. ahead. No, I was going to say the amount of information that I'm putting out there already is a lot. Mm. So right. um, totally right. So we're 100%. good. Percent. <laughs> I, I mean, you can't be open and public with absolutely everything no. all the time. No. I mean, Nobody you know, is. you did mention in our chat. Uh, I think it was an Instagram reel or. Uh, one of our videos that we had put out where you had talked about remote viewing the Black Pyramid of Alaska. Yeah. Could you that talk about cool. that yeah. as an example uh, yeah. of you're open remote to. viewing? I, I know you're, Absolutely. If you're public with it, of course. Absolutely. If I've done a show on it, I'm public about it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, that kind of stuff. I have, um, I have a show that I do. I used to do a show with Texas Front Porch on Friday nights. Now I do it on my channel, The Cryptid Huntress. So y'all go subscribe. Uh, yeah. yeah, I do it on, on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. I, um, I do a show where I usually remote view something and I'm, I'm usually given blind targets. Um, I do something called coordinate remote viewing where I'm just given a set of numbers. That's all I have. Okay. And I sit down with a pen and a bunch of paper and, uh, and I have a process that I go through and, uh, and I start channeling a bunch of information and, uh, and I can figure out what the target is through those numbers. And, uh, and so, um, I, I looked into the dark pyramid or the black pyramid of Alaska. And, uh, also my friend Tanya, uh, did it as well. She's a remote viewer out of Idaho. 
I've nice. never met Tanya in person before, but we're, re- we're very good friends. Hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I like to have other remote viewers come on the show with me when I can, so we can do the target separately and then reveal our findings on air live. That's uh, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I try, I stand behind my data a hundred percent. Uh, and I, and I, and I'll tell you straight up, like, I don't even know what half of it means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm just a channel for it basically. So when I'm, when I'm tasked a target by someone, usually they're the ones that know about the target and I don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've got the information. And so it's up to other people to make my data make sense. Right. Okay, right. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, and once, yeah. once you remote view something, can you actually find it on a map or is mm-hmm. it something where you're navigating? Okay. So do you have a, an idea of where the black pyramid actually is? I do now. <laughs> Yeah, I do. Uh, Well, remote viewing is interesting because it's not like you get all the information and you know exactly what that target is right when you do it. Different remote viewers pick up on different aspects of that target. Okay. Okay. And uh, and so, for example, I picked up on the darker side of this and, and, and also like. When, when Tanya and I do targets together, I'm always picking up on like the dark side of everything and mm. like the the messed up things that are like evil or bad or whatever, something okay. that's just more corrupt, let's mm-hmm. just say. She picks up on the light attributes of it, mm. okay, and like how beautiful it is. And she's like love and light. So wait a minute. How I'm, do you guys, I'm the dark side. How do you resolve so, that between the two of you? No, it, it totally melds. It's all oh, the okay. information. As it all comes below. together. Okay. Yeah. That's what it, I was wondering. It is, all comes together. Okay. Yeah. It's the same data, but I'm just seeing it from a different angle than she is. Okay. So it's like the same data, but she's like, I'm seeing the outside of the pyramid. She is inside it. Right. So like we're, we're, we're working in tandem basically right. oh, uh, on these dualistic. targets. Yeah. Okay. It's amazing. We, yeah. I have so much fun wow. doing this. Yeah. Uh, that thing is ancient. Okay. Yeah. We're talking about millions of years old. Mm. Yeah. ET kind of technology. We both picked up that it was obsidian made. It had uh, the outside of it had obsidian. All wow. Over it. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, it's a power generator, like a power source. And, uh, and so I was picking up on like the outside, like the, the part that's above the ground. Cause it's kind of, um, buried in the ground. Mm-hmm. Tanya was actually picking up that it was pointed downward as well. Like a up, like a triangle going up and then a triangle yeah. going down. A Merkaba. Yeah. That's a Merkaba. Like a Merkaba. Exactly. It was a Merkaba. Yeah. yeah. All the, the folks that, uh, by the way, um, the uh, Serpent Mound Star Knowledge Conference that right. we were at, right. your friend Apollo was there, actually, and I think we just was, missed oh, her. Oh, that's right, Serpent Mound. Yeah. I was wondering if y'all saw her there. Yeah, uh, We were that's there Apollo. on Saturday. We didn't get a chance yeah. to run into her. I only found out later that she was out there, so, um, you know, shout out to her, but Absolutely. we've known Tom that's and Terry friend. for a lot of years and uh, um, did the Serpent Mound Impact Crater tour video with uh tom and help tom and terry with some of those events when right they were um uh during covid and stuff so the great people it's so cool yeah that uh you mentioned her earlier but yeah um i need to remote view that mound that thing's pretty cool i oh, it's think great. You, yeah, you should too and can i be there when that happens and, <laughs> yeah and I want to know i want to see I, the live stream i yeah. have some theories uh yeah and i don't know how much you really do you go into a, a target not knowing a lot? I usually go into a target and having no clue. What, I yeah. have a set of numbers. Mm-hmm. That's what you yeah. were saying. Okay. 
So, yeah. so I'm, numbers... I'm usually tasked a target. So by somebody else. Okay. Yeah. So the numbers, how does that, the arrangement of those numbers, is there something? It that doesn't matter. It just. They're random. Starts. They're random. It? Okay. The numbers mean nothing, basically. They are assigned a target. Your, your targets are assigned a set of numbers. They can be anything. It really does not matter what they are. It doesn't have to be like actual coordinates. When we say coordinates, right. that's a loose term mm-hmm. uh, because it's just, it could be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, you know. But uh, we, we, we switch them up every target, of course. Uh, but yeah, it's just whatever those numbers are attached to that target is hmm. what, what it is. And I mean, and that applies to like, I I have missing persons targets hmm. quite often. Uh, cold cases where people have their bodies oh, or they're, they're missing or right. they're, they've been murdered and they don't know what happened. Um, I've done a bunch of those too. So um Wow. It could be it could be anything. Yeah. Now, if it's something that's like off planet, the numbers are a little bit different. We assign those differently. Um, sure, but sure. yeah. Well, the reason yeah. why I was talking about Serpent Mountain Star Knowledge is they had a guy, uh, one of the speakers there that was talking about Merkabas. And I don't it know was if I on that part. It was at, towards the end, and that's exactly what made me think of this pyramid. Okay. Um, and it's I've never heard of a Merkaba. Those are cool. essentially energetic machines and we all have yes. a Merkaba. It's a sacred geom- geometric gotcha. two inverted uh, pentagrams but in like three dimensions. Mm-hmm. It's a, a really intricate sacred geometric pattern but okay. it's in you know like four dimensions essentially. And so it's yeah. it's a pyramid above and below and then there's points that come off of it. Okay. Uh, and it's pretty interesting because it's like we all have a Merkaba, apparently, and yeah. that's how you remote view. That's how you astral travel. I did not know and this that. Merkaba mm-hmm. is, is essentially like a vehicle. So is if, there a way to the, like enhance it or work on it or yes. like tune it? Because mm-hmm. I feel like I used to have one, but I don't anymore. Well, we'll have to get you. And I think we're going to have that gentleman on. Um, oh, in the future. Um, cool. But so the Black Pyramid of Alaska. Uh, you got a sense of kind of this as above, so below kind of vibe from this. Um, And then, you know, we've heard the hollow sky guys talking about that. It's a machine that's kind of putting out negative vibes, conscious suppression, like conscious. Is that what you felt? All right. That's interesting that you say that because I have done several remote viewing targets from Alaska. Okay. And they have something called the Alaska triangle up there. And Within it's not just that Alaska Triangle because if you know DA show you probably know Fred in Alaska Fred Roll he lives up there he goes on he's been on my show several yep. times and he's on, been on DA's a good bit yep. uh, he's got an amazing YouTube channel called Subarctic Alaska Sasquatch I'll go check, check it, it out. out oh cool yes um, well he'll he'll tell you like it's not just within that Alaska pyramid or, or triangle excuse me. <laughs> It's all around Alaska. The animals, the wildlife is much more aggressive towards humans Hmm. uh, up there. Now, um, that includes Sasquatch, okay, okay? and any kind of cryptids that are up there. They're very violent, okay? A lot of them are violent. And Fred will tell you straight up, um, he was terrorized by some, uh, him and his cousin and his uncle, yeah. Um, And he gets stories all the time of them. You know, you'll have to watch his channel. He's got some great stories. Yeah, he was saying that, that he said they were more aggressive up there. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You did say Very that. much. Yeah. Now, with the Black Pyramid, we were picking up that it, it was generating power not only up, like you could it could power the entire state of Alaska and more, okay? But it was also powering down into the ground, like underground bases, tunnels, whatever mm-hmm. going on down there. We were picking up that it was, it was, it had the potential, let's just say, to power like an underground city, inner earth or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That kind of a thing. Um, it also was covered in what we consider to be hieroglyphics. Mm. Okay. Um, now there is another thing that we, if you're, if you're familiar with the ancient Egyptian settlements in the United States, okay. Uh, they have yeah. in the grand Canyon. Yeah. Are y'all familiar with that? Yeah. John Kincaid. Kincaid. Yeah. G E mm-hmm. Kincaid. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, that canyon there, uh, they said there's hieroglyphics that looks Egyptian, but it's not quite Egyptian. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's kind of like what we were seeing on the the dark pyramid up there. Um, yeah, it. I believe it's. Oh man, I you know this is my opinion. I do sure. believe that a lot of these ancient pyramids, these Egyptian settlements, I think that they could potentially have come from off planet or something. Uh, that's sure. my opinion. I mean. So, we still struggle to look at the construction of the Egyptian pyramids. You know, we still find all kinds of settlements and ancient civilizations now that they're still unearthing. Underwater, yeah. have they I sunken mean, civilizations yeah. are being found left and right? Yeah. Like I said, as the earth keeps warming up, the, the bathtub will drain and we'll see all of the things that, you know, are covered up by water, or, you know, buried and... Um, even down in like, you know, Antarctica, are there pyramids in Antarctica? Why are there pyramids Absolutely. in these cold places? How long ago yeah. was that, you know, dry yeah, and, right. you know, arid? And um, yeah, it's wild. It's really wild. Our history has been hidden from us. And, 100%. Uh, and, and that includes the lost giants. I mean, we have giants all, right. all over the world. Yes, we, did. we do. So, Yeah. Um, thank you. Thanks, Smithsonian. You know, oh, always, actually, always. I I actually uh, sat I sat in for Dave Scott last or about two weeks ago. I guess he was out of town, and uh, and I got to interview. I had the most amazing interview with these two gentlemen out of Australia, the Strongs, uh, Stephen and Evan, his father and son team. Oh, cool. They're anthropologists out of uh, Australia, and uh, and they were they talk about how they have discovered that you know uh, life didn't just begin like we weren't just out of Africa. Okay, uh, mm. life was seeded. Human life was seeded in Australia by the Palladians, and he they claim they have the proof of it, and uh, and it comes with like rocks, stones that have alien technology in them. Um, this is we, we talked about Bruce Fenton talked about. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't I can't remember the name of yeah. the rocks. The uh, yeah, we covered. I know exactly what yeah, you're talking about. Yes, he he had the rocks there. Yeah. He has he he has the rocks. Yeah. Um. Also, in in and these rocks had been taken from somewhere, like stolen or something at some point, and the person who they were given to died. Like they they were they're kind of cursed. If, you, if you're not supposed to touch them, they will kill you. Okay. okay. Like the stones will actually kill hmm. you and stuff. Some kind of technology. Yeah. They, they even have um, moon-eyed people, like moon-eyed um, human, or not humans, are actually aliens, but the moon-eyed beings, or whatever you call them. Yeah, uh, they had he has skulls of those and stuff too. Um, they just have a whole lot of proof. Okay, um, according to them, and I and I agree with them, and I believe them, of that. Um, we we were, we didn't come from primates. Okay, um, there was something else. We were seated here from 
star people, basically. And a lot of Native American cultures, that's what they say, right. Cherokee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, I've spent time up in Cherokee, North Carolina with my friend, Chief David, and he's an elder up there and uh, spent the weekend with him on top of a mountain with some uh, friends and family. That sounds amazing. And he, he called in the skyships over cashers. There's a website about it um, awesome. where they have skyships over cashers, North Carolina. And uh, we watched the UFOs. He called them in and they, they hovered over us all weekend. Uh, hey, at night. So and, cool. uh, mm-hmm. It was, it's all fun and games till it, this campfire goes out. <laughs> it's a little scary right. up there. And yeah. then it's uh, just, we have Bigfoot. Oh yeah. We had, there's all sorts of weird stuff up there, but, um, yeah, uh, but he he very um, very much so says that uh, he he and his people came from the stars, yeah. and those are his ancestors. Mm-hmm. And he also took me out to Judicola Rock. If you guys are familiar with Judicola, no, no, no. Okay, have you heard the story of Sukalu out of uh, North Carolina? No, Sukalu the giant. Oh, he's actually they say he was a, a Sasquatch. Okay, but, um, Sasquatch yeah, there's a, a there's a gigantic uh, rock with petroglyphs on it that. Ancient, okay, uh, very ancient, and it's um, it's near Cashers, it's near Cherokee, actually, North Carolina, and it it tells a story of creation basically, uh, and it does have to deal with the star people. It's almost like Star Wars and things like that uh, on this on this glyph. But there's also a, a handprint. It has, I think, it has six fingers on it, and they say that that is oh. Sukalu. Story Sukalu is a giant. Um, some people say he was a Sasquatch. Um, but he he guarded that area, and uh, he would uh, anytime the Cherokee would come to the the men would come to hunt on the land, he would chase them off. Mm. And uh, I don't know if he ever killed any of them, but that was a story. And wow. uh, he was just a fierce warrior, just a huge, gigantic giant, giant Sasquatch. Um, some people say a giant. I think it was a giant. Um, I, some people say he was a giant Sasquatch. But anyways, uh, he ended up having a girlfriend, a human girlfriend, and. Uh, there's a story behind that too, but yeah, we won't get into so that. Many it's of a little those. spicy. It's a little spicy. <laughs> that sounds like the yeah. DA reference to, um, you know, uh, I think it was somewhere in northern northern U.S. and like the tribes that said like the Sasquatch would come in and like take women from time to time, and then yeah. they came back and they'd yes. be pregnant. And oh yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of craziness. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. I mean, so Sugalu. Yeah, it's, it's it's really cool to look into. Uh, there's just stories of all these giants. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we've looked into it pretty deeply. Um, here in Ohio is kind of ground zero for giant skeletons being found. And also I mean, for the Smithsonian showing hundreds, up. Hundreds, um, you know, we've talked about it. Girting them away. Um, but Miamisburg, Ohio, the Miamisburg Mound, they pulled a, you know, nine to ten footer out of there, had it on display at the town hall. Yeah. Yep. The Cincinnati Enquirer wrote about it. Um, newspapers from all around the region wrote about it. The Smithsonian showed up, basically Gone. grabbed the the skeleton that was on display, disappeared. They inquired, "Hey, what's going on with the research? What what's happening?" That's just one example. Right. Um, usually, they're found upright, uh, facing east. Um, very odd um, burial positions. Sometimes Jewelry. there's you know stone mounds and megalithic structures on the. In the inside of the mounds, where mm-hmm. um, they find big copper gorgets, and the neck plates that they would wear around Egyptian them. style copper neck plates, yeah. Egyptian stuff. Yeah, I tell you, it's there's very Egyptian. Yeah, 
there was actually a cave. And I think I want to say it's either Wisconsin, Ohio, or Michigan. I don't know. I, it's one of those places up there or Illinois, maybe. I don't know. Illinois has got a lot uh, of they, strangers. They what had, uh, there was a, it was called Ber- Berman's cave or something like that. I, I'm totally not probably getting that right, but I think it was Berman's cave where, uh, they were, there's all sorts of Egyptian artifacts there. Gold. A lot. Yeah. He found all these gold coins and he went and melted them down and sold it. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know. Right. Dull. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, um, we, we have, we have Indian mounds here in Georgia. I mean, we have yeah, Mayan Adawa. ruins. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I've actually gone to the museum. We had a lot of the artifacts on display and a lot of mm -hmm. copper, a lot of the jewelry, like you were referring to. 100%. Things like that. Yeah. Uh, We've been to Etowah Mounds. That museum's incredible. I mean, it looks like Mayan Aztec style artwork. These insane Mm -hmm. uh, effigies that they would bury are so incredible. They're big. In this, in these design of of people, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, it does look like a northern Aztec Mayan. And the it, the symbols. It's crazy how we don't know that in mass as a society in the U.S. Of the history of just the Native American. Etta was beautiful, right? Those were pyramids. It's man. not They're well huge. disseminated information. Yeah, people just have the inf- you know the th- thought, or at least my take is like, oh, Columbus and you know the settlers came here, and the Native Americans showed us how to have Thanksgiving, and like that's yeah. it. Yeah, they didn't build exactly. all these cool structures, and we don't talk about it, and we don't get into the artwork, and you know the similarities from other cultures, and we just kind of like keep it very dumbed down. But that again goes back to kind of the Smithsonian, and also you know coming here as manifest destiny, like we had to paint it out that no, we were coming here to you know make this a new world. To have that justification right. behind it. Uh, but really, we just kind of trampled over all of this really cool stuff that was already here and just kind of They're swept gone. it under the rug. In Ohio, there's only 1,000 left. There mm-hmm. was over 10,000. They got raided, all the mounds, yeah. They well, you know, the up. strong the strong family, Evan and Stephen, they said that the Smithsonian had contacted them about their uh, their alien tech rocks and asked if they could uh, house them there at the Smithsonian. Yeah, and it, they basically told them to F off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would have said, you know they what, did. I would have said, hey, come down here. Yeah, 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 yeah. we want to talk to you. They've been getting sure. away with that forever. And then I would have told them in person. I would have said, well, <laughs> they always lose the log. They take in the items. Or they give you back an item that's not your item. Well, that's happened right. for sure. But like, the hey, records, no, I sent you a skull oh, that looked like this. The records magically just disappeared, or right. oh, we don't have a file on that. Right? How many times can you know historicals? Uh, like I said, it's like between between the Smithsonian the and the Vatican of the two known repositories mm-hmm. of information that yes. we're not allowed to look at. Yeah, we're not allowed to see a lot. You know. Well, well, you know what they want with, okay, so the, the storyline that we've been fed is that we are an isolationist mm-hmm. type of um, country here, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, or, or the world actually is just like, isol- everybody stays in their own little box, right, you know, right. and, and nobody ever traveled around. Well, we have like evidence of like ancient civilizations from like China in the U S some people say that we had Kings and Queens here. Okay. And things like that. I mean, we've got, we've got the Egyptians that traveled here, you name it. uh, Vikings. We have like Viking artifacts and things like that found here. Uh, Our, the history of this land is way older and goes way farther back and is way deeper than what we're taught. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Go Turtle figure. Island. But that's yeah. the whole, America's, you know. North America's Turtle Island. Right. That's the whole telling of the story, though, and whatever narrative is being written by whoever has the power to write that narrative. 
You know, we got to kind of live through whatever story's being said. This is how things are. And again, I started having the concept a long, long time ago of like, nobody wants to rewrite history anymore. Like, whatever's been said, like, Egypt's only this old. We don't want to go any further with it. There's nothing older <laughs> yeah. than this age. Can't be older and, than that. You know, there, there's just like these hard limits, and it's that knowledge filter, and it's that whole control of information. And uh, it's sad because, yeah, we're kind of living in a, not kind of, we are living in basically an alternate understanding of where we are in time and space and history. Mm -hmm. And that's where remote viewing kicks in. Mm -hmm. And I'm able to go and see things when I'm tasked with targets of like historical events and things like that, we can get the real deal as to what really happened. And so that's why remote viewing is a little bit dangerous. Wait, 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 wait. Remote viewing. You can go to times and remote viewing, not just Mm -hmm. places. Can yeah, I, I can go I any, well, I can, I can go this. anywhere. Yeah. Uh, I, can, I can I can get tasked any kind of target. That's really cool. I did not know that. I was I mean, I always just thought remote viewing was, you know, a location and uh, you know, and the from the place on earth in this time right now. Right, and from the use <laughs> of maybe like military service of like trying to, you know, suss out where targets are or suspects of, you know, or or weapons cache or whatever you want to say like no, I didn't I didn't know it could be a time table of hey go back to this date or they don't tell you that i can go i can travel back absolutely i can travel back to any time basically forward backward wherever okay wherever you want me to go i can go yeah right paw of the sphinx go (laughs) yeah the what oh the right paw the the right paw of the sphinx is there a uh have you ever i could i could be tasked with that target absolutely the edgar casey prophecy (laughs) that underneath the right paw of the sphinx was going to hold like the history of humanity and like well, I mean, I would have to remote view the actual sphinx, like what's there, and then mm-hmm. my data would probably have that in it, probably. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hidden chamber. Yeah. Right, Paul, the sphinx. Yeah. Does it contain the Akashic records? Yeah. Yeah, like the Emerald target would tablets. be like the contents of that Paul of the sphinx or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, like it's it's got to be, it's important to word the targets the right way so that I go deep into it to find it. Like I was tasked to remote viewing target over the weekend and I just did it this morning. And, uh, apparently I was right on target. I still don't know what it was. I know it's some kind of alien tech or some kind Mm. of technology or something because that's what it was. And my friend, Barry Littleton, he's an amazing researcher. Uh, he's been tasking. I taught him how to task me targets. And so, uh, we've been getting some phenomenal data out of weird stuff, like the Trappist one star system, you know, Mm. um, the the Yellowstone whispers and the black fog with like gugways hiding in them at Yellowstone and I mean just what? crazy stuff yeah um, what and is that man? I don't I'm blown gugways. away I was about do y'all know what that is dugways no what a dugways Dugway? are like they're mutant sasquatches oh yeah. never heard of a dugway <laughs> a gugway we can do oh a lot. well wait, you're wait. with the cryptid huntress tonight is it so. a dugway or a gugway what's G U G W E Gugway. 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 Oh, okay. I was saying Dugway because I was thinking like Dugway Air Force Base or what Dugway Proving Grounds. Isn't there like right. a Dugway something? Maybe that's why I'm confused. I'm <laughs> it's sorry. Gugway. It was like yeah. a Mondegreen there almost, for a minute. They, they get confused uh, for dogmen sometimes. And being okay. in Ohio, y'all have a lot of dogmen up there. We have some definite you have dogman, dogman encounters. We had a, a anonymous encounter that we know we kind of obfuscated the person that was giving us a counter, but it was kind of like a dogman story, but give me a description of a gugway. You said it's smaller than a Sasquatch, but kind of like a dog. It's man. big. No, they're, it's they're still big. Uh, still big. Right. Yeah, but not- it's, it's like a mutated Sasquatch. They've got, uh, 
they're a little more violent, let's just say, a little more violent, uh, big, like fangs for teeth and things like that. Mm. Um, they, they, a lot of them have like a lot, like a snout, kind of like a dog man, but it's a Sasquatch. So mm. Sasquatch and dog man are two different breeds, basically. Kind of, like kind they're, of like they're a, not related. You think the Gugway is kind of like the Anubis type look with that more pointed snout? No, a dog man would look more Anubis. Yeah, that's okay. okay. Like that, that's more dog man. A Gugway is more, it, it's a, it's almost like a baboon kind of looking thing. Okay. More, okay. more primate, Jeez. more lower primate or, mm-hmm. you know. I thought I was pretty well versed on the cryptids and every time I Dude, find a new one. I know. It's the same as like real life biology, right? Like every time you go mm-hmm. in the ocean, they find a new species of fish. If they look hard enough, they'll find a new species of this. You know, if you go to Papua New Guinea, you'll find a new species of bird or whatever it is. <laughs> and it's like. Pterodactyl. Same with, same with cryptids. Yeah. Yep. Same with yeah. cryptids, though. I think it's really interesting how more and more as time keeps going on. And like you said earlier in the show, the interest levels there. People are more willing to talk about it. There are these channels to go about it. And now it's like there's even more coming about. Like every time we go to an event or a convention or some kind of conference, I'm like, the hell is that thing? What's the Dagwood? Is that another one, right? Not the Dagwood, not the sandwich. What's the what's the uh, God, I think that's one. It looks like a little crocodile or something almost. Man. Oh, oh, oh. You know what I'm talking yes, about. Yes, I do. That's, that's what I'm saying. I do. I need a new book. A new book of cryptids needs to come out, like, or yeah. a new updated, like, encyclopedia phylum, cryptids. you know, in kingdom and species. <laughs> and There's so many. I'm actually going to be doing a show, a live show tomorrow on my channel on uh, some cryptids in the, from the Appalachian Mountains. Oh, cool. And, uh, yeah, I, I was just doing my research this, this afternoon, and I was seeing that, like, there's been a reported sighting of a raptor, like a velociraptor here in Georgia. What? <laughs> Dude, a like, velociraptor. Well, I think yes. a lot of this stuff is just portals opening up. I mean, or, or time which is takes slipping. Me to, well, and that raptor just shot out of sixty-five million we years ago into hole. the current time. We broke a hole into the space-time continuum. Back to CERN, making to CERN. up black holes. I mean, think about all these cryptids, all these creatures, all these weird things that people are seeing. Uh, and you guys yeah. have investigated portals. Yeah, yes. can we get into well, we, some we of didn't that? mean to. You didn't mean to. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, me too. Just stumbled yeah. across an old let's, portal. Let's hear about no the portal because that's got my interest. Our friend uh, Joel Thomas from Kill the Mockingbirds podcast <laughs> had a great conversation <laughs> with him. He said, a portal, is op- portal opens up. I'm running right into it. So No. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely don't do that. We actually have seen had stuff. to come up with protocol. Yeah. We had to come up with protocol for the next time we encounter a portal. And, okay. uh, and I got to say, it's, it's very dangerous. You know, we, um, we measure... For radiation, okay, when we're out in the field, uh, and a lot of times when whenever there's like any type of paranormal activity, uh, there'll be a, a small spike in the Geiger meter, okay, and hmm. so that's like a little dose of radiation, okay, and right. it may not be very much, right? Sure. But they're um, super sensitive. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we had what we considered to be a portal open up in the meadow one evening, hmm. and uh, the two gentlemen that went in there both ended up ultimately getting very sick, and one of them has passed away actually. Uh, now we d- we're not saying that that was the cause of his death, but he was a healthy 56 year old man. And, mm. uh, and after that happened, he got a heart condition and had a heart, heart failure, a heart attack. Uh, the other gentleman that went in, he got an aggressive form of cancer. Um, mm. wow. and it's still recuperating from that. Like he's still not out, you know, he, he's better today, but, wow. um, can I ask, was yeah. this at, if you don't want to give away the location, but how did you come upon this portal or what was going on that it materialized or 
Can you kind of give me that background yes, of can, where? Yeah. It's in the south. It's a place we call the meadow. The meadow. Uh, somewhere. It's the meadow. Yeah. The place that we've been researching for a while. Okay. And uh, yeah, the team that trees on. So he, that book, the, the meadow project is about, is about this. Gotcha. And um, yeah. So we've been researching this place for quite a while. Okay. So full disclosure, I had left that afternoon. So I wasn't there when the portal opened up. Okay. Uh, I had, I had, I'd been there the the other part of the weekend, but I had a small kid at home. And so I had to go home and take care of my son. He was only three. Okay. And, um, and so, but when I got home, I had brought some orbs home with me apparently. And we actually had those on film on video floating around my son that night. Uh, while he was, he was on the elliptical machine, just having fun. And his dad, who I was married to at the time, uh, he was filming him with his camera phone and, uh, and he, he called me in the living room. It was in the living room. Okay. The elliptical machine. Sorry, but (laughs) it is what it is. And, uh, it was in the front living room. Uh, and so my son, the only reason I haven't been able to show this publicly is because my son had on his underwear or right. whatever. So gotcha. I can't just show that. I can't show that video. I tried to show it at KGRA and my producer was like, no, you're not showing that. <laughs> right. Um, exactly. But yeah, he, I got called into the living room and uh, there were two orbs, like balls of light floating around my son. And That's I had so just cool. gotten in from the meadow that afternoon. Okay. That, that evening, actually. I'd never had orbs like that in my house. Um, and uh, they were dancing around and my son was watching them. He was like, mom, ball, ball. And he was following them with his finger. His dad couldn't see them at all with his eyes. Uh, he could only see them through his phone, the, the screen on his phone. Hmm. And uh, and so, so I'm wow. seeing them with my own eyes. My son's seeing them with his own eyes. You can clearly hear us having our conversation about it on the on the video. And then one of the balls shoots towards the phone and the camera shuts off. Whoa, okay. What? Yeah, shut the camera off. Wow. <laughs> it did. Wow. It did. Um, and so that okay. was that. I had no idea my team was having this prolific experience out in the meadow that hmm. night. Right. Um, so the team had gone into the meadow that night. This is something that we do regularly. We we you know, we we do a whole bunch of different types of research out there, mm-hmm. but usually at night we'll go out to the meadow, we'll disperse into small teams. And we have we have constant radio communication. We all carry CB radios, our Bayofungs, and we have somebody back at base camp that holds the base camp down, and we're in constant communication with everybody. Um, we've had a lot of lot of weird stuff happen out there, so um, it was not shocking that we had some kind of portal open up. Uh, we'd, mm-hmm. we'd had a lot of other weird stuff happen out there. Hmm. Um, so one of the teams was set up on one part, one corner of the field, and then we had. I think there was like three or four different teams out there. And uh, there was a three-man team in the very beginning of the meadow when you first walk in. And they were looking through thermals and fleers and whatever. And uh, one of the guys, uh, Dave, he noticed that there was this like box forming in the middle of the field. Hmm. And he thought he was his eyes were playing tricks on him. So right. he had Terry look at it uh, with Rock Hill Bigfoot, by the way. Uh, had Terry look in and see you know, what is this cube? It's like a cube, like showing up. And it, it just looked like you could just see an outline of a temperature change uh, through the thermal imaging camera. And it was pretty big. And he was like, yeah, that's weird. Okay. And it looked as though it had a door and windows on it or something and like crosses inside of it. It was just 
didn't make sense. Okay. Mm. And so they just, they dispatched over across the field and they sent a couple of guys over to it. There was like three guys went, uh, two of the men, the ones who I told you about, they got kind of sick. They got really sick actually. Uh, they approached this cube and it was like the size of like a shed or like a garage or something. Basically. Holy cow. This is what she was talking about in the comments on our last strange happenings episode. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I'm totally in. This is wild. Yeah. So uh, the last thing on anybody's (laughs) mind is a portal. You know, you think of portal, you think of like Doctor Strange and like the things swirling around a a round circle. And that's a portal. This was um, square cubed kind of. And as the two gentlemen walked up to it, you could see very clearly their um, heat signatures. They're white, like Mm. balls of light, basically like white heat signatures. They're walking up this thing, and it's already starting to like dissipate a little bit. Like it, it, the the temperature is kind of changing. It looks like it's kind of disappearing just a tiny bit. As they walked over to it, they could not see it with their with their bare eyes, like their naked eyes. Mm. They could only be guided to where this thing was. And as they walked over to it, their heat signatures disappeared. Mm. And they they described it, as, and this is an open field. Okay, there's no trees right there. There's nothing. There there's no reason on earth for their heat signatures to have disappeared. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Kristen, one of the girls in the first three-man team, she thought to grab her camera and she started recording uh, before as they walked up to it. Smart. So we actually have this documented. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so they walked over to this cube and uh, their heat signature disappeared. They both described it as walking into a black velvet curtain. Uh, the temperature changed. Mm. The ground vegetation changed. It went from like brushy and muddy and sticks and grass to smooth Whoa. Uh, smooth smooth ground the stars disappeared they said um it was a little bit cooler and okay my entire team of uh, we're we've all been trained in remote viewing we know about like energy shifts and changes and we we know what to look for plus those guys are former military right like, yeah yeah um they knew something was wrong or different, you know what I mean? And, sure. uh, and I, I believe they sp- like were sporadically losing radio contact and all that kind of stuff. So they came out and, um, their heat, heat signatures, and they didn't know they were coming out cause there's, they were just standing there. They didn't right. know. Um, and, but their heat signatures reappeared and, uh, and as it did, the box shrunk down and then it moved and it disappeared. Whoa. Well, you think yeah. about with like if 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 you are able to teleport or open up these dimensions, like a safe way to do it, right? Like the whole concept of like if you can teleport, you have to know where you're going because you don't want to teleport yourself like halfway through the floor, right? Like the Philadelphia, like Philadelphia, yeah, 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 absolutely. So Philadelphia experiment, it makes sense. And even in like I think in the Terminator, they did the same thing before. You know, he appears. It's this like vortex and plasma ball opens up to create this three dimensional space for whatever you're transporting. You know, wherever you're landing, I, I guess maybe if that doorway opens up in the middle of a mountain, they're like, oh, nope, don't park it there. Let's let's readjust our coordinates, and then we can see if we open it up there. Can we land there? And maybe that's why there's also these hot spots where it reoccurs, right? It's a known it's location. We figured out whoever we are. We figured out how to open this portal at this spot. 
yeah. you know, as far as that's my, what I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's how a lot of these cryptids travel. We have a lot of natural portals here on earth. Yeah. I think there are, there are unnatural portals and there are natural portals. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of, a matter of fact, one of my blind targets that I was tasked, I, I got some coordinates for, it was uh, Earth's natural portals that had been weaponized. Okay. And, uh, and I, I was totally on target with that, but it took me to the sun. Okay. Like portals, like there's things coming from here to the sun and coming out in and out. Uh, but, and it also has something to do with like the solar flares and like hmm. the time of day, the time of year. Like there's certain times where these portals will open up. There was just and, a huge uh, solar flare. I don't know if you saw that. The Aurora Borealis mm-hmm. was stretching mm-hmm. below Ohio that you could see that, like, which never happens. Yeah. We don't have privy to that view usually. So like right. for the last couple of days, because of a huge flare that kicked off. Wow. Wow. And nailed. Yeah. Uh, but who's to say like these ancient beings here on earth, like Sasquatch, or, uh, you know, they have to, they, they may have knowledge. They probably have knowledge of these portals, these natural portals. And that's how they do travel. Uh, you know, I've, I've said from the very beginning, uh, from what I've experienced, what my team's experienced, uh, we believe that they could potentially be doing interdimensional travel, hyperdimensional travel, whatever you want to call it, um, and, and utilizing these portals in some way. I'm not. I'm not scared to share that information right there because no, I, I know I mean, some, people think, that I, some people think it's crazy. No, <laughs> yeah. that's always resonated me. with me because yeah. I'm like, if they, you know, that might be a reason they're some sort of like higher dimensional being. Now, some of them, like you said, the uh, the kind of lower. Uh, I don't want to say lower intelligence. Well, like but Da the, said, there's a there's a variety of right, Sasquatch, which we were just right? talking like, about. There's a variety of chimpanzees Absolutely. and the great Guggle, apes and did I say that Gugway? The Gugway. Gugway. So that's what Da was. Sh- Remember, he was showing us this, those um, pictures of like almost like pictures uh, Aboriginal from or the Navajo Native American um, from Sasquatch the, from the Navajo yeah. uh, reservation from Jesus. He had some artist renderings of some very but, interesting. No, no. There were the photographs of the more animal looking, like you were talking oh, about. Just, I know, I know what you're talking about. Uh, that yeah. came from a Navajo reservation from uh, Jesus. I know what you're talking about uh, Gonzo from Breaking Bad. Yeah, the uh, the actor, but he had Gonzo. These... That's Jesus. That's my friend. Jesus. Oh, you he know, comes, he well. comes on my show. He was, he was just on my show like a week ago. Yeah. Will you tell we're, him how we're, much we're I friends. love that show and give him a high five virtually. <laughs> I will. That's awesome. But we yeah, saw those I thought, photos. I, I love Gonzo, man. He's the best. Well, I call him Jesus. Jesus. That's yeah. what I was sure like, Jesus. Jesus. Now that Jesus. I know that he's into it's Sasquatch not, it's Jesus. as well. It's Jesus. Okay. He, like he, that he, he is. Just Sorry, elevated Jesus. even has, more my appreciation for him. Yeah. He has a great YouTube channel called Breaking Bigfoot. <laughs> so y'all go yeah, subscribe to that. Yeah, check it out. Signing up. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we, he actually is the, uh, I asked him to come on my show when we were talking about um, the Egyptian settlement in the Grand Canyon. He was oh, on my oh. show with me for that. And uh, he, he's actually an anthropologist. Okay. He's actually wow, taught classes cool. at a college on anthropology. Sure. Uh, and so really? he's, wow. yes, he's very smart, very smart man. Okay. Um, now he, he actually is the one who opened me up to the timeline deception with the old world fairs, the orphan trains, the incubator babies, um, uh, the Star forts, all that stuff. Yeah. We, we've done Tartaria. shows. We've done shows I together. Just started on all of that. hearing about that theory. That's been blowing my mind lately too. I listened to it. I think it was the Higher Side chats. He had a guy talking about like why were there Mud so floods. many mental asylums back in the day? Exactly. Why, why were yeah. all these kids going to them? And they have pictures from like I think San Francisco or the West or something where there's no adults. It's just kids. Yeah. It's just well, really I believe, weird stuff. I, I, I believe it was human cloning, and I'm going to tell you oh, why. Interesting. 
uh, is because look look into the orphan trains, okay? And I had not I didn't know about any of this before. And there's also there's also until Jesus told me, okay. And we've we've like I said, we've done shows on this. One of my highest watched shows on my entire YouTube channel is about the Cabbage Patch and human cloning. Okay, look into the Cabbage Patch. Uh, postcards from the 1800s. Okay. Uh, this is a thing. And am I going to have theme... nightmares about this? Cause I'm not a cabbage no, patch kid it's, fan it's... and like the association strong. Did they look like cabbage patch kids or something? Yes. Okay. Good so that's where they got grief. the idea for cabbage patch kids was from these postcards. Oh, wow. because no. This is a thing. They no. are putting it in our faces. I am convinced that they're, they were doing human cloning back then. What they were doing is they were making all these people. This is just a theory, uh, but they're making all these, children and what they were doing is they were bringing them in on orphan trains we don't know where their parents were we were told that during the depression parents couldn't afford to have their kids and all this kind of stuff well some of us have after all this research that i've been doing i think that is very possible that they were cloning children and people and uh where where the pod people come into play. So look up pod people if you get a chance. P-O-D. I, okay. I can't remember what that is. It's an acronym for something. Okay. I can't remember what it is. I got my notes here somewhere, but. You're good. I, I've got so many notes. Bubs in all heaven right, right so, now. I love all this yeah. stuff. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, bring so, it on. I've not heard any of this. But. I mean, but but we've we've connected like the human cloning factor with the incubator babies, these old world fairs. All these babies were coming from nowhere. Like where were the mothers at? Where were the parents? Uh, people used to pay to go in at these old world fairs and uh, pay to go see all the babies in incubators. And they were just kind of like being what? pumped out. Like, yes. My mind. And so, it's and so fast forward to like, the, you would see, but I, fast forward to the 1980s, we've got Babyland general that's here in Georgia in Cleveland, Georgia, which by the way, uh, that's the cabbage patch place uh, where Xavier Roberts, there's like this whole, weird dark story about Xavier Roberts and uh working with some stork to like raise children out of a cabbage patch and then they become slaves and stuff. Wow. It's just it's just yeah the this worker is... children and they're connected to these cards from the 1800s of the cabbage patch children that we believe could have been human clones. So it's like they're just putting all this in their I faces. totally see what you're this saying. This is but, freaking but me But this out. is like making me think of the Epstein thing with like the ranch with like yes. he was going to have all yeah. these women and he was going to like he donated seed like all these yeah. babies. He million dollars to all that research. He was putting yeah. all kinds of money into science and technology. Yeah. And you're saying like, yeah, like to me, it's Zorro way too analogous it. of like maybe they're still doing it. Like if they're doing it back then. And Bro, that's even freakier. In the 90s, we Cabbage had the patch. sheep. I mean, in 1993, they came and announced that, yeah, they had cloned a sheep. So, so okay, okay, okay. I mean, Dolly. If it, yeah, Dolly, yeah. exactly. If Tartaria. We learned and, about and that in social studies. If, and not saying it's not real. I just don't know enough about it. But it's okay, back in that timeline, how are they cloning people? Like, where did they get the technology? Like, did we get that from... ET it's always been secret technology. Is, There's always been secret well, we, technology. Yeah, we believe that cloning goes all in. And, and I say we, like me, I've had Brent, my friend Brown Dwarf's been on my show and Fair Jesus enough. as well. We're thinking like it goes way back to like antiquity or something like way back in time i don't know uh there's just been there's evidence if you go back and look for it of human cloning potentially uh yeah. noah's ark even that kind of stuff the stories about that um well it just it, uh, I, i'm not an expert on it and, and i'm just i'm just questioning in it no horus osiris is <laughs> you know? literally a story about cloning yeah. you could the osiris and horus they were essentially creating bodies for their spirit or soul to be 
born back to transfer of consciousness, transfer of soul technology like the mummy. into these bodies that, you know, like the King's List. Well, how did they live to be these thousands of years? Oh, and well, have you guys bodies, seen all the pictures? What do you oh, mean? Oh, no. Have you seen the pictures of all the celebrities that have, they have like pictures of that look exactly like them from like the 1800s? I have seen Like some John Travolta, <laughs> John I, Travolta I, and Leonardo DiCaprio and Johnny Depp and... Yes. Can I give you a very brief anecdote of a story (laughs) from a a very good friend who has this one on on record? Um, He became very good friends with a very well-known psychic. Um, The guy had a TV show. um, John Edwards? No, what was his name? James Von Prague. James Von Prague. Ghost Whisperer, et cetera. And our friend who met him is a huge skeptic. He thinks 90% of psychics are bullshit and 10% are real. And he went to a psychic convention and said that. He's like, the audience didn't love me after that. Let me just tell you. (laughs) But this is how he met James Von Prague. And so he tests Von Prague when he gets to his house. He wants to see, are you a legit psychic? He hides a couple things around his house and he has them in his mind. And immediately when James walks in, he just looked at me and said, your house is supercharged because it's kind of like a living museum. It's, it's every square inch has got something on it that has a history, a story, a energy an imprint. And um, so they become friends and it's somehow, I want to say James and another guy got a Ouija board out and our friend was taking notes and somehow or another, this story gets very wild. They get this uh, spirit talking to them, this Amanda Hungersford, right? This lady that's passed away. There's something wrong with my grave. I need you to go look at my grave, da-da-da-da-da. They're like, you know, what did you do in your life? She's like, I was a school teacher. I was a this. I was a that, yada, yada. But she was like, but it's really weird. Every time I'm reincarnated, I'm married to the same man, right? And they're like, well, who are you married to? And uh, what was it? It was, um, God, what's, oh, P-E-N-N, P-E-N-N. They're like, pen, pen. Okay, well, let's go down to the Hall of Records here in town. First, they went to her grave because she said, my grave, there's something wrong with my resting place. And so our friend again is like, I don't believe in psychics. Is that they go to the grave at the cemetery, a tree had fallen and like fallen across her gravestone across it, you know, where she was laid to rest. They go to the Hall of Records and find it, and her husband looks exactly like Sean Penn. I have a copy of the oh, picture yeah. at home. Yeah. I about dropped yeah. on the floor. I was like, I mean, I got goosebumps that immediately yeah. shot up. And my friend was like, I didn't think he was horseshit after that anymore. He was like, I knew wow. he was the real deal. I had to test him. I had to put him through it. But he's like, he is legit 100% psychically gifted. And, yeah. you know. What's going on there? Is it clones? What, what the, the karmic uh, uh, reincarnation? Well, that for sure. You know, the clone thing has got me yeah. a head scratcher. Well, but well, the, okay. So there, there's all these clone. Okay, clone aid, for instance. All right, there's like human cloning factories all over Canada and the U.S. All right, there's Wait, there's a video of this human cloning human, cloning, human cloning places. Is yes. this for like extra organs? Like for that movie? Like when you need your it's, you know new kidney, you go get your clone that looks like you. I, Have you ever seen that? People pay for a service where they get a double body. So when you need spare parts, they can just go to that clone. Is that why this is there? Well, I mean, if you watch celebrities and things like that, they say that some celebrities claim that they are actual clones. And, uh, and there's this one, there's this one video, this is a rapper. His name's kid boo B U U I think. And, uh, and we've talked about him on my show before. He's got this interview where he straight up looks in the camera. He was like, 
I'm clone number, blah, blah, blah. Like wow. he gives a serial number and he said, shout out to clone aid. And uh, I mean, he's dead serious. What? Uh, yeah. He said that, that he's, yeah, I'm gonna he's like it. a gen, a gen, gen six model mm. of somebody. Yeah. I don't know. It's just so weird. So maybe I have there's like, steered away from the whole clone thing. Maybe there's like levels on, of online. Cause I'm like, this is just one more thing for me to go down it's a rabbit, rabbit hole. hole. But yeah. it seems. I think you should look into it, though. Look into. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm going to send I mean, you guys a link to my show uh, on sure. the human cloning. Sure. I've done. I've done at least two of them because there's one on uh, with the old world fairs, like uh, us right. being told that um, these fairs just kind of set up shop and uh, and then they destroyed the buildings, like right after the fairs came through town in 1904 and right. 1894. Why would it you doesn't do that? make sense? Right. Because yeah, the architecture was like it was like ancient Rome or something. It was just this beautiful architecture uh what some people say is that perhaps that those buildings have been here for hundreds of years sure potentially or more and what they were doing is they were harnessing like free energy and stuff like that and using somatics uh you know um and the power companies the big families came in and destroyed them all to change the system you know to make it where we had to pay for power we had to pay for gas we had to pay for all the stuff that they weren't paying for back in the day look at Um, tesla with his you know wardenclyffe enterprise getting shut down because once they found out oh you're going to give energy away for free we're not going to make money off it don't do that yeah like water too right like oh we got to pay for water well it's a natural resource gimmicks ever yeah and the interesting yeah. thing is that all of this is like pretty recent. I mean, this is like the late, the mid to late 1800s that, not that these stories are coming. Yeah. I mean, that's not that long ago. No. If there was some kind of really advanced technology, you'd think that we would have just known about it. Somebody would have well, written like, about it, though. Well, see, that's where all the clone, uh, the, the orphan trains come into play and all that kind of stuff. Like the people who are potentially not and, and that's why you got to look into the pod people as well because our the big cities a lot of these cities were think about like the civil war like a lot of cities were burned to the ground mm-hmm. uh you know during different wars and things like that and the and that we were told they were burned down because of war you know right. but some people say it was a uh, controlled demolition uh you know look i mean we've had a, we had a case of that back in 2001 maybe potentially you know what i'm saying during our mm-hmm. our, our lifetime right right uh, but it was a lot of controlled demolition and it was all blamed on the civil war and um i've never heard that theory that's, this is that's interesting complete yeah. timeline deception yeah, yeah definitely um, i gotta dig into this for myself yeah, but I'm going to send you all the links to my shows. Yeah, that would be great, it's, dude. Yes, G- Jesus is the one that turned me on to it. That's okay. so cool. Jesus so. is the man. We need to meet yeah. him. <laughs> Y'all need to bring him on your show. He seems popping I'll, I'll up. We would love yeah. to Jesus have him on. He sounds like a great everywhere. dude. We'll shoot him a message. Sounds like a oh, that'd be amazing. I just want to. So yeah, cool. I want to hear stories about that because. It, it, every time I encounter something so new again, it's like, yeah, I've, I've heard about Sasquatch since I was a kid and the Loch Ness Monster and all, all the, the standard cryptids and, and paranormal. And, and as that has kept expanding, as I keep my ears open, I'm just always like, well, what is that? I've never heard of that. Like how, <laughs> when is it going to stop? But like, I'm kind of also excited by the fact that there are so many avenues yet to explore, right? Like, yeah. I think that's I mean, this is the first time I've ever met someone that can remote view. Same. I've read about it. Same. I've looked at government documents it. where I've literally I know read the document she's talking about, the FOIA from the CIA with the, the mm-hmm. actual protocol for it because right. that's where it talks about the kundalini yoga effect and how it starts at your feet and goes up your spine and getting energy. Yeah. And, oh so my I've gosh, actually you know experienced a little something. that. Yeah. Well, I've experienced okay. it. 
And with my, my wife and a friend of mine, I've, if I was, you know, close enough proximity that I could just like touch their leg or something or part of their body and be like, I'm going to transfer this energy to you. Uh, did that a few times and was just like, am I having a mental break right now? Is this really happening? And I wouldn't say, Hey, I'm doing it right now. You should feel it now. Tell me, did you know, it'd be like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. You let me know if, if, if anything happens. And then at a yeah. you know period of time, they'd just be like, yep, what was that? Mm-hmm. So Yeah. You know, when I'm when I'm remote viewing, I get um, it's like that kundalini rising thing. You know, it's yeah. like uh, I get really I mean, you can see me live on air a lot of times when I'm doing my remote viewing. Trying to, I don't do the remote viewing live on air. I just present my data mm-hmm. on air. But there are certain targets when I connect with like, let's just say like source energy or something. Uh, I was uh, I was given a message to humanity. Okay, basically, when I was remote viewing, crop cir- the orbs that make crop circles. Oh boy. <laughs> okay, and I know it sounds so random, but I was uh, I was um, basically yeah. given given a a message, and uh, and I was conveying that message on air that night, and uh, and and long story short, like there's crop circles. Some of them are were good. The original ones were here to give us messages from source, okay, mm. to help guide humanity. But then that technology, I guess you could say, was kind of taken and corrupted, like many things on this planet mm-hmm. are right now. Sure. Uh, a lot of things are taken and flipped upside down. And so, like, the bad people get them, you know, and, like, right. start putting, like, symbols in the crops and things like that, just stuff that's not. Every time I talk about this, I swear there's, like, light flashes in my room. <laughs> so I don't know why, why that is. Energy like, I'm, surges, you know, orbs yeah. and stuff. Yeah, but I get when I talk about this, I get very hot. Like my face will turn red, and uh, when I start connecting with that energy, it my whole body like the energy shifts. Like there's something going on inside my mm-hmm. inside my body. Yep. You can feel it. Yeah, yeah. that yep. happens when you're remote viewing. Absolutely. I, I well, would I imagine remote viewed, but I know what you mean yeah. about feeling that. energy. Well, you do shift. remote view though. Well, you might not be you might not be trained in it, but it doesn't mean you're not doing it. Fair enough. Sure. Fair enough. Now, I'd like to Everybody bring this a, a little full circle with you, Jessica. We talked about you remote okay. viewing the Serpent Mound eventually. Um, we have a friend, VJ, who's been on our show a few times, uh, six times actually, mm-hmm. uh, with the Twitch streams combined, that uh, it, basically a psychologist. He's a Tamil researcher, which is the oldest language in the, in the world. It's a South Indian language. Tamil Nadu is the state where him and uh, the, our other friend, Arisa uh, Balu, and what they've been researching is all these connections from ancient India to America to all over the place where they find remnants of Tamil language, Tamil culture, um, all all these various things. And, and Vijay came to America, lived in Cincinnati for three years and, and wanted to see if there was any history around and came across Serpent Mound and the earthworks here in Ohio and was totally shocked to find that these Temple complexes is what he calls them, and rightly so they are, Mm -hmm. and how advanced they were and how incredible they were. He's like, I didn't think I was going to find this in America. I thought this culture was, you know, watching TV and fast food and, 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 and had no clue that America has this ancient history. And so he actually thinks that Serpent Mound is a representation of Kundalini Yoga and the seven bends of the circuit. Exactly. Absolutely. Could be. Um, and yeah. that's kind of can be debated back and forth, but I would be interested now more than ever to see if Jessica could find what out kind of more right. about Serpent Mound about in Serpent terms Mound. of yeah. 
remote yeah, viewing. And I could I could even task somebody else with that target too, just to see what kind of data comes out of it. That would, that be, really would be amazing. Cool. That would be, be really cool. cool. You might yeah. have to He's do that. He's a fantastic guest, by the way. We'll I've enjoyed those shows. I've we'll seen some of those live. Oh yeah, BJ. That, yeah, he's great. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know there was like the ability to, again, time distortion of going forward, back, whatever current. Yep. Of you know only being able to view maybe exterior or interior. I didn't know there were so many dimensions and layers to the remote viewing kind of abilities. I just thought I was again. I yes. just thought it was like oh I can see the site from outside and the doors here and dude we learned, you could go we learned so much from this show no. don't we? Every I'm so I love able doing it. That's why I love doing it every week. We are. I'm actually able to do uh, when I detect a person in the environment. Like if I'm uh, a lot of like I, I told you guys, I don't normally know what I'm remote viewing at mm-hmm. all. It's blind targets, and if I detect a person in the environment, I'm able to go in and w- when whatever data is channeling through. And I'm writing it all down. Uh, I can tell if there's like distress, if somebody's been shot or hurt or something, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or like kidnapped, whatever it is. And I'm, I'm I'm able to when I detect a person, I can do what we call a deep mind probe, and I can talk with that person, whether they're dead or okay. alive. Whoa! That's right. how I've located like dead bodies and things like that to find out if people are dead or alive. Yeah. Damn. It's really it's really cool. I didn't actually. even think about that. No. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I've actually, uh, there was one case that I was, I was actually asked to look into something for, it was like a TV show kind of thing. And um, full disclosure, my uncle was on the show. He was one of the people on the show with someone who's, I guess, oh, let's just say it was Nancy Grace. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, but they were, they asked me to look in, he, he asked me, he was like, you know, we're, this case is going cold. It's out of Georgia um, where I live. And he's, and he's from here too, but he lives in California now. Um, but he'd asked me, could I remote view it just for fun, just as a last resort? Like they just, there was going cold. Um, it was, a he, he didn't really tell me what it was. I believe it was, um, turned out to be a young man who was working at a gas station, pretty well-known case here in Georgia. So I'm not going to get it. I don't want to talk about it too much. Sure. Um, in details, I don't know. Um, they didn't actually talk about my data on air or anything. I never even got credit for this. And it's fine. It's fine. I wasn't looking for any credit, but, um, but I had told my, I told him after I remote viewed what happened to this man. Okay. He had disappeared after a night of, he went, he was working at a gas station, went home with one of his buddies he worked with and they, apparently they partied all night. Cause that's what I, I was just, I, I felt like I was high and drunk and all this kind of stuff Whoa. when I was remote viewing. <laughs> yeah. And I could tell it was just a, the guy was in a fog and he got messed up. And, uh, and I knew there was a big fight and he, he, I found him, like I connected with this guy, uh, cause it was suspected that like his, he was in a fight with his ex-wife or something. And some people thought that maybe she had killed him. The friend said that he went to bed that night, woke up the next day and the guy was gone. Um, some hmm. people suspected that the wife's family or the wife had something to do with it. And like, he'd come over there and sure. you know, some people thought that he had ran away, mm-hmm. um, but I connected with a person who told me he was he was underground. He was locked up. He was buried and he was covered in mud. All I could see were the whites of his eyes. Jeez. And um, what he said, he kept telling me, I'm locked up. I'm locked up. But he was covered in mud. So I, I knew that he was buried somewhere because he just kept telling me he was locked up. He didn't really know where he was, but he was locked up like he was buried underground somewhere. And um, so I gave all this. I had all this information. It was like totally on target. 
completely on target. Uh, and uh, and I had said, you know, there his he I kept hearing that his teammate had done it. A teammate had uh, gotten in a fight with him. It was a teammate. Well, it turns out that guy he had gone home with, uh, he apparently had um, he just sold his house out of the blue. You know, after after all this happened and the guy disappeared, sold his house, and the next people who owned the house had gone in and uh, decided to uh, remodel the back porch. And uh, they were remodeling the back porch, and they were they came over across a concrete slab that shouldn't have been there. And uh, and so they were oh, kind no. of like thought this was suspicious. And oh, uh, no. they broke it open, and his body was underneath it, buried in the mud. Dude, soprano yeah. situation. Jesus. Yeah, but I was but I was told by my uncle, you're like, there's no way that guy could have done it. We interviewed him. There's no way he could. Sure. Done it. I mean, and I was like, well, okay, that's just my data. You don't have to believe me. No one thought Palmer could do it. Jeez. Yeah, but, but he, t- he, t- he kept telling me, he's like, there's no way he did it. We interviewed him and he he checked out. Dang, that's so crazy. This is why we need AI to interview. Oh, people, I don't know about that. To interview people in those situations. Boy. <laughs> yeah. That's it was. Crazy. It's just it's cool be getting to, to do stuff like that. That is so cool. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, and it's I'm, crazy because this was months later. So like a lot of times right. when I remote view things, I don't get the results. So you, you just, you take the data, you tuck it away. Mm-hmm. And then eventually it all comes to light. Right. It comes right. back you know? to you somehow. Well, that reminds me. Well, it, it kind of reminds me, I think, I want to say it was Bertrand Russell said it, or, or one of these philosophers or scientists said, you know, how he came up with his answers. And he goes, I simply tell my subconscious, this is what I need you to work on. And then I let it go. And then I just let my mind work Pops on back that. Later. And then it comes to me. It's almost like when the oven's done and almost the same with this of like, <laughs> Hey, I Your went out self. and I, you know, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm exploring this place and, you know, I don't know what this means now, but like your, your mind keeps ruminating on it and wires it together. Finally goes, here you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you want to get answers to something, uh, take a sheet of paper and a pen, leave it by your bedside table and write in cursive. Okay. And it may sound weird. Write in cursive question, whatever you got, lay it, keep it by your bed when you go to sleep at night. And if you remember, you try to remember your dreams. Like we do like dream work sure. and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Where we try to remember our dreams. We have a dream. I have a dream journal. Yep. You write down your dreams because you'll get a lot of information in your dreams. They say that we don't really necessarily sleep because we have to rest. We have to sleep because our minds have to rest. We have to make sense of our subconscious has to make sense of every day. Sure. Mm-hmm. So sure. that's, that's why we, that's why we sleep. That's why we dream. Right. And, uh, but you will, you will get answers in your dreams. Uh, if you write it down, you know, that's, that's another, I guess we can say conspiracy theory of, you know, they quit teaching cursive writing in schools for a while. You Uh, think there's a reason for that? Because that's you, uh, it's, it's got something to do with your subconscious mind. Uh, we're, we're taught to write in cursive, uh, with a lot of stuff when we're doing our remote viewing training. Um, it's, Hmm. It's getting your subconscious thoughts out, things like that. Uh, it's connecting right. your subconscious. Well, you're not picking up yeah. a pencil. You're swirling. You're swooping into mm-hmm. the next. It's like mm-hmm. a movement. Well, you know, it's like oh. the, you're almost like drawing out that thought in pathway. that word. It's some kind right. of a pathway that it's building. You know, yeah. well, I've kept a dream journal. It gets weird, mm-hmm. man. I've I dropped there. out of the discipline off and on for over the years. But man, when I was really hardcore doing it. Wow, dude. You talk about waking life. I had waking lives where, uh, you know, in the dream state, waking your dreams, controlling everything. Yeah. Um, It gets to quite a point. 
Um, I was going to ask you cool. about deja vu. Like, what's your thoughts on that and the correlation between it? Because for a long time in my life, you get, you start to get this like almost like impending like anxiety building. Like you start to feel like you're charging up. You you've already been there. Like whatever is about to happen, you almost feel like yeah. somebody's going to walk through the door. Nothing yeah. like nine times out of ten, nothing happens. But I guess more about it is it feels like I've been in that place at that exact same point in that timeline. Like I'm almost running into this time that's already happened in a weird way. Absolutely. But nothing happens, yeah. but it's just there's something that has to be happening. I don't understand yeah. what they are. Is that's so that's so cool because I, I don't know for sure. I don't I don't have all the answers, but I can tell you what I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I believe like my son the other day, he's eight, and we were walking out of the grocery store and he stopped and he was like, Mom, I've been here before. He was like, What is this? What is this called? Like he's like, This is there's something to this. I that woman was right there, these people right here. I have I've lived this before. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my yep. gosh, that's deja vu. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I believe that it has something to do with timelines. And I think that okay. we're 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 jumping timelines according to your vibrational frequency. Okay. And so I'm always telling everybody, y'all get on the highest vibrational frequency you can. Let's let's live love live and love life. And Fair enough. you yeah. know, uh right. try try to to do all the all the fix all your trauma, like not fix your traumas, but you know, take care of dealing with your traumas and things like that. Right. Um, so that you can uh, drop the burdens and, and, and eat good foods and just vibrate high, you know, the high vibe tribe. So we can strive <laughs> yeah. for that, for yeah. that high, That's the so highest good. vibrational the timeline, high vibe you know? tribe. Yeah. I'm down with it. Uh, Totally. I'm on the high vibe tribe, man. Y'all, y'all join my tribe. I'm in. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going to definitely we're use that, that again, and I'm giving <laughs> yeah, you props yes. on it. The high vibe tribe. I yep. love it. Oh, I didn't come up with it. I you, just, I, I, well, but I use it all the time. You uh, didn't come up with yeah. it? This is a, so the year that no, we, the thing, man. we brought E.T. Oh, really? I didn't know Our this. little mascot, oh, yeah. E.T. Uh, we were uh, rolling around at Bonnaroo Festival, and our friend E.T. was our totem. We had him zip-tied to a, a tent pole, and we're just carrying him around everywhere, going to every show. And the group had <clears throat> all these blow-up candy canes, and we would meet up at shows, and you would just see the candy canes and E.T. all lit up, and you knew where to go. Yeah, So we just calling like, card. By, like, Saturday night, somebody had written an article about our group calling us the Vibe Tribe. <laughs> And oh got gosh. a picture right up, right up the front. There's tribe. ET with all these it. blown up candy canes. I like the high uh, vibe tribe. High vibe tribe. Hey, yeah. this is in line. Well, so, I think I think that it has something to do with the deja vu because yeah. I think that um, some people say that we are given a choice of which timeline we're going to be on, and some and some. This is what I was just having a conversation with somebody about this other day and they were saying that what they thought was that you know like when you're sleeping at night like perhaps we're shown different timelines and that you yep. get to pick or you know what? it just depends on how in tune you are apparently or yeah. whatever spiritual level you're at you know what i'm yeah. saying and uh and so you can go forward or backwards whatever i mean i think I personally believe that like when they turn on these hydrant colliders and stuff i think that they're purposely trying to take us back down timelines and stuff and uh you know, because one day, one day I'll be living my best life, and then it's like a train wreck is like happening, and it's like, man, oh, it feels yeah. like feels like my life, the whole energy just shifted out of nowhere. Yeah, timelines just um, change like that. Yeah, 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 and the Mandela effect. You know, yeah. think about sure. that. Sure. Yeah, I still complain about Chick Fil A all the time. They changed their name. It was C H I K. Now it's C H I C K Fil A, and uh, never nobody. 
Yeah, it's, it's great. Well, you, maybe you weren't on my same timeline, you know, but that's the cool thing is you can tell who was on your timeline and who yeah, wasn't. Yeah, my biggest by what, gripe what with you that all remember. Steen Bears. My biggest gripe with that is the publisher's clearinghouse checks with Ed McMahon. Yeah. That happened? Yes. No. It did. Not apparently. No. There was, there was never one. clearinghouse. It was like something else. It was like. What? It's it's one of the Mandela effect Whoa, like phenomena. That. that, the Berenstein Bears. Uh, yeah, the Berenstein. Uh, Looney Tunes, uh, Febreze. Um, Febreze. There's short. a bunch of them. Uh, the 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 saying that Forrest Gump says, like life is like a box of chocolates or something. That's changed. You never know I mean, what you're gonna get. Yeah, isn't that? What it's it not is? that anymore. It, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest <laughs> of them all? That changed. What did it change I to? Mean, man. What did that change to? I don't remember, but it changed. That changed? I don't think. Yeah. That, oh, wow. Okay. Totally changed. Yeah. So the movie Butterfly Effect was just it. showing us, like, hey, we're going to do this. This is what's happening. Because I, 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 I think that's a real thing with yep. Shazam. Either, exactly. Yeah, either Shazam. soft disclosure or with uh, the whole, like, karmic <laughs> wheel and the breaking of the karmic wheel and, like, letting you know, hey, this is what we're going to do. And we have to let you know because that's the rules of engagement. But nobody believes it. Yeah. Britney oh, Spears that somebody skirt. in the chat is saying Britney Spears. Yes. Her skirt is black now. It was ne- it, that it is was the plaid, weirdest one, right? It was plaid. It's not now. Now it's all black. No. Shut yes. up. I no. swear it looks so weird. Plaid or yes. black. We were going to totally black skirt and never baby thought I would time. be really plaid interested to watch the video. It was a hundred percent plaid. plaid. I know that was, was a good one. I forgot about that one. There's Dude. plaid yeah. somewhere in that yes. video, right? She doesn't have plaid on anywhere in that video now. It's black. No, there's that. no plaid. Uh, is the, all and their skirts are like longer and stuff. It's so weird. It is just. It's not. It's not what We're I remember. We're living at in all. a multiple timeline. <laughs> era well, they're showing us that now more than anything. You're opening up portals and setting off nukes and hadron colliders and I mean, what do you expect? Wait, wait, wait. wait. You, what if that's what's happening? All of these what UFOs that's and everything are coming in. But what if that's what's happening? Like, like in Futurama, when there are all the different universes in the boxes, and like this would be different in this universe, and that would be different yep. in this universe. Like, what if we're like in the same unit, like a. Uh, world and timeline but like little pieces like little like mini riffs of like now her skirt is black and now it's berenstein bears instead of whatever it was before and now it's you know uh it was always berenstein they're saying berenstein bears (laughs) okay well but they're showing us this in kids cartoons too my son watches the multiverse the spider-man multiverse the teenage mutant ninja turtles think about all the different seasons that are in a different reality and then sometimes they mix and mingle okay uh there's all sorts of cartoons where they're showing us this. And a and lot of Marvel, all the Marvel movies are all multi, yeah. multi, uh, multiverse. The DC stuff is multiverse. And you never, they're cha- that they're was not a right common theme that I'm aware of no. from growing up of like that thought concept just no. wasn't even there. The multiverse, no. A little bit with, again, time travel and whatever yeah. with Back to certain the future. films. Back to the future for sure. But again, like with Terminator, that's how they all got here. They got time traveled back from a future war to kill, yeah. you know, the resistance leader and, and that kind of philosophy. But I mean, the more like the multiverse, Doctor Strange, the Spideyverse. No, yeah. I mean, I don't. Yeah. Does that come about because? Oh, it's again, all in modern it's that disclosure or is it because soft disclosure you have these <laughs> studies of string theory and, you know, multiple realities and parallel universes. Just going more information on and, that we have to make cool, you know, to write. Scripts and TV shows. Our and government, 
our government's been using projects uh, like Project Pegasus, for instance, mm-hmm. to send uh, kids back into time to give presidents messages like Abraham Lincoln, JFK. Uh, there's a, a gentleman who claims Perfect to have theory. been in in that program who there's actually a picture of him. He claims it's him at the Gettysburg Address I've, wearing some oversized shoes. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. And we got I've the chrono visor at the Vatican. Yeah. You know, heard that one too. Yeah. Project Looking Glass. You guys yeah. need, if, if y'all are familiar oh, no, with Frank Jacob. Looking, looking Glass, glass. But I've heard of the chrono visor. Looking to sure. Looking Glass. Listen to an entire two or three yeah. episodes on that. Um, what's Looking Glass? It's pretty one? wild. Project Looking Glass. It's where they're looking into different timelines and things like mm. that. Uh, okay, so there's a, a, I like to say he's my friend, but Frank Jacob came on my show, okay? And uh, and he has some very important information. He talks about Project Looking Glass quite often. Okay. Uh, he's really big on CERN. I actually had him on my show at Spaced Out Radio the weekend before CERN was being cut back on. Mm. Uh, right. I think they're on all the time, personally. I think they just tell us they're cutting it on. Yeah. Right. Uh, but they, they turn it on a lot more often than they admit. Um, but he came on because he's got he's he's a filmmaker and he's made a film called A Tell of Two Timelines. OK, and it's like the timeline split. And uh, and we've seen this. I mean, you can't deny it. I mean, like the whole world is split into two, basically, with people going in different directions, like the 3D of life and then people trying to ascend to the 5D and beyond, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, with the high vibe tribe, um, but uh, but yeah, Project Looking Glass is some sort of program where they were able to go and examine different timelines and then decide which timeline was best for whoever's in charge. I don't mm-hmm. know. Wow. Um, like, uh, well, Project Pegasus, for instance, is very similar. Uh, I had uh, Dr. John Stamey on my show, and he was talking about that gentleman that claimed to be in, in the program, he knows him personally. And he said that uh, they were sending him and these other little boys back into the, the theater where Lincoln was shot. And every time that the little boys would go back into the theater, uh, according to which timeline they sent them on, a different person shot the president. So 70% of the time it was John Wilkes Booth. 10% of the time it was his wife. <laughs> okay. And then another percent of the time it was another person. You know, it's just... Uh, and so, however it worked out, you know, it ended up being John Wilkes Booth or whatever. But um, that was the one that the timeline that we all went on. Yeah, it's just weird. It's it's also weird. They're they're messing around. Basically, Project Looking Glass is like sending people mm-hmm. in and changing the course of history, the direction of the world sure. of history sure. of everything. Sure. Uh, I mean, a lot of time manipulation. We're, we're, we're experiencing so much time manipulation right now. Yeah. And I talk about it very often. Uh, I mean, how did the Simpsons know about all these future events? Right. They are like the, uh, yeah, the animated Nostradamus. Pretty wild. They do. They call a lot of things. Yeah. It, this has been a mind blower. I mean, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm like, my cup is my filled. brain's hurting. Well, yeah, <laughs> and I think right I am now, overflowing with new and wild thoughts. My, uh, we we are all over the place tonight. My That's chakras fun, are I mean, spinning in, in a massive. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like I was like, I, full full disclosure. I was actually getting hungry midway through, and I'm not gonna lie. I was like, man, I'm gonna make oh, the I'm best sandwich yeah. when I get home because I <laughs> made a killer one last night. And then when some for some reason, I think maybe when we started getting on the deja vu, I started having that like energy kick. I was like something. Like when yep. you get on the like you said, you get on the right topic, you get on the right energy mm-hmm. circuit. Uh, I'd say I that happened. more amped up and I'm just like, okay, I'm not that hungry anymore, but I'm still going to, we're not going to go to sleep tonight. Home. Yeah. I'm going to eat some food. 
That's that's a for sure. <laughs> but I'm going to be you're, like you're you're psychically about this. switched on. A hundred percent right now. Yeah, Tuned in. your third yes. your third eye just opened. Big I time. feel it <laughs> here. Yes, in my in my <laughs> yeah. space. That this has been incredible. Chakra. I mean, this has been awesome. Aw- yeah, one hundred. Uh, I want to thank everybody in the chat. You guys, you are guys crushing rock. It. Uh, you I know, keep we've got it just pop the whole time. Thank you to everybody in there. I see the Bigfoot Bigfoot influences uh, influencers in there. Oh, nice! Uh, Crime Vault. Hello, that's uh, a cool name. Uh, Birdie Cuda, nineteen seventy eight. I, like, I like Boo the Justin Beagle. Justin Lamb, uh, <laughs> Boot the Beagle. Flutz, Necro, Justin, anybody that's hanging out with us tonight. Born not to run. We had a lot uh, of born people not to run was down here, uh, hanging out with us tonight. Um, Cryptid you know, Huntress. Cryptid Huntress it. brought the Jeez fire, up. and uh, we want to. We want to. Uh, first of all, it was a mental promote, diet. Yeah, absolutely. We, we want to hear about anything that you got coming up for sure. Anything that should be on our radar. Where can we find you? Where can we see you? Yeah, what's happening? Yep, Man, I'm gonna subscribe am, and hit the notification. I want to catch some more of your yep. live streams. Please. Yep. Yeah, y'all, I'm all over the place. I have four live shows a week on my channel. Well, I have two on my channel and two at Spaced Out Radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am, um, yeah, I'm actually speaking at the Georgia Bigfoot Conference this weekend. So if anybody's in Georgia or around uh, anywhere in the South, y'all come up to Dillard, Georgia. That's nice. uh, this weekend, Saturday, all day at the Dillard House. We've got a nice lineup of some really great researchers and podcasters and authors and things that are going to be there. Experiencers, a bunch of my research team is going to be up there, and uh, we've got a we've got a fun event going on Saturday. That would and, be awesome. Uh, but yeah, cool. yeah, it's really fun. Um, now I do have, like I said, I have a live show on the, the Cryptid Huntress on YouTube. You, you guys, please go subscribe. Yeah, and, we'll do. Uh, Hit that bell. So you, it, my my um, subscribers don't always get notified, unfortunately. But uh, yep. but I, I have a show every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern live. I have a show tomorrow. It's going to be so good on the cryptids in Appalachia. Like the mon- I call it Appalachian Monsters or something is what I titled it. <laughs> but uh, we're going to talk about the Bigfoots in Georgia, the Giants, uh, even that Velociraptor I mentioned in Georgia. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. Uh, and then I have a live show every Thursday where I do uh, remote viewing targets. And uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do on Thursday. I haven't decided. I have I have one that I'm working on right now with Barry. So, um, And then every Saturday and Sunday night, that's 8 p.m. on Thursdays Eastern. Saturday and Sunday night, I'm at Spaced Out Radio. I have a show called Off the Trails. It's live. And, uh, and I do that um, 10 p.m. Eastern. It's, it goes off the rails. It's awesome. We have a really good time there. <laughs> and cool. uh, and you guys can catch me um, all over the place on podcasts. I got a Patreon and uh, Cryptid Huntress. I also have, um, i trying to think what else I got. I'm all over social media, the Cryptid Huntress, and on Twitter at Huntress Jessica. Because somebody already had the Cryptid Huntress on there. So Oh, um, we got to get, yeah. we gotta, we gotta get you that. No, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> That's amazing uh, stuff. And you guys can yeah. find all of Jessica's links in our description uh, in the show notes. Um, and Jessica, thank you again so very you much. Rock. We want you, you to stay rock. on. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, we want you to stay on here. We're going to come back. We're going to outro the show. We'll come back and do a yep. pr- okay. proper goodbye with you. But okay. we want to thank you so very yeah. much. You champion. Rock. Like right? might Amazing. be the champion. <laughs> that was so good. That was awesome. That was awesome. Thank you very, I very know. much. 
Awesome. Thank Jessica. you. You're welcome. I'll I'll come back anytime. Y'all come on my show too. Oh, okay. totally. We're that's happening. You got it. That's that a deal. Totally okay. happening. Yeah. We're Done. in. We are in. Yeah. Uh, and that's it for us, guys. We appreciate, like I said, everybody in the chat. Thank you so much for supporting. You're awesome. You guys kick ass. This was an unbelievable episode. Um, anybody uh, that's listening to this, I hope you're all feeling or, charged. Yeah, like I absolutely. Am because that was stellar. Um, so great. Thank you again, everybody. Um, signing out. We're the Strange Road. Keep listening. Keep watching. Check us out on our socials. Yep, at the Strange Road. You can find us on. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Facebook uh, yeah. The Facebook group, Strange Road Hitchhikers. TikTok. We'll see uh, how much longer. TikTok. Yep. <laughs> Maybe we'll be over on Clapper soon. Uh, but uh, we have, uh, of course, you know. Don't forget to like this video, and if you're not Absolutely. subscribed, please subscribe. Yep. Hit that notification bell. Uh, but I'm going to take us out, guys. And Stoner Thank you all. and Disbro. Stoner and Disbro, making everything look You guys are awesome. Like You're always, the best. They just crush it, right? Make us look fantastic. All right, guys. Peace. We're out. Thanks, guys.